Hello everyone and welcome to Millennial Rewind, where we take a not-so-sentimental look at the movies and TV shows that were around when millennials were growing up. I'm Eros Snick coming to you from the heinous movie adaptations capital of the world, Los Angeles, California. And joining me here in the City of Angels is my co-host Jules. Jules, how are you doing today? I'm spanking mages and getting away with it. <laughs> oh, that's a great way to get me too'd. And joining us from the terrible CGI blood that's indistinguishable from Jam of Southern California, the Inland Empire, is my other co-host, John. John, what's happening? Well, you know that step-down bathtub I keep next to my bed? I just finished filling it with porridge. (laughs) I heard it's super exfoliating. Uh, if you like what you hear today, please do us a favor and hit that subscribe button. Also, be sure to share the show with anyone you think might like to listen as well. So all of that was because we watched the last movie John ever gets to suggest for this fucking podcast. <laughs> the last one. I gave you a second chance after Santa Claus the movie and you fucked it up. We watched the 2002, no, the 2000 fucking travesty Dungeons and Dragons. And John, how would you tell someone you watched Dungeons and Dragons without using the title? Look, everyone, I just want to apologize right now if I shouldn't have watched this. I didn't see it listed while I was reading the core boycott rule book. So if it's in the Unearthed Akana, I'm sorry. I missed it. By the way, are we still running boycott? Are we still running boycott? Is it active? I don't even know now. I mean, after watching this movie, I don't think I'll be involved with anything Dungeons and Dragons ever again. I'm going to go take like my 10 books and just set them on fire. And Jules, if the producers asked you to come up with a different title for this, let's say movie, what would it be? It's what's on the tin, which is you failed your performance check. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Oh, God, this fucking movie. It nat one every ability check <laughs> in the game. And for anyone who doesn't play Dungeons and Dragons, a nat one is the worst dice roll you can get. Automatic failure. There's another uh, alternative title. Automatic failure. <laughs> Critical fail. Critical fail. <laughs> yeah, we're only watching this because, one, we're Dungeons and Dragons nerds and the new movie's coming out this month. So, you know. Just the second half of that, really. Mostly that. Yeah. Because my experience of this movie is is just like flicking through the channels, accidentally tripping over it whilst I was trying to find a better movie. (laughs) (laughs) Because I do have only one memory of a scene, and it is the scene where Ridley sets fire to one of the MacGuffins, and then it just cuts to Damodar. And I was just like, yeah, I'm not into this. (laughs) (laughs) I I was just, yep, I'm gone. (laughs) Well, that's more experience than I ever had of it. I don't think I was aware of this movie's existence. And then again, John just has to come in and ruin my life and be like, hey, there's this Dungeons and Dragons movie from 2000. It's got Jeremy Irons in it. We should watch it. No, no, we shouldn't. My experience with this fits somewhere between you two. I had never seen it before, but I was aware of it. As mentioned in several other episodes, I grew up like Dark Crystal and Labyrinth and fantasy movies and loved them. And then Dungeons and Dragons is coming out and I'd never played it. I'd never read any of the books. So I felt like I didn't deserve to watch this. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was my own gatekeeper? Little <laughs> did you know. <laughs> so, yeah, um, like you'd mentioned, new movies come out, and I was like, hey, there's this thing that exists. <laughs> this is not a Santa Claus thing where, like, I was behind the scenes going, oh, my God, this is going to be so much shit. It's going to be so much fun. I'd heard it was shit, and I expected to have fun, but I didn't intentionally torture you this time. Okay, inadvertently torture. Okay, the little, I think that makes this slightly better. Um, our, our friendship is a little less in peril. Oh, don't worry. Next month, it's just going to get burnt to the okay, ground. Okay, good, so. good, good. Cool. I don't need friends. Again, I, don't, I hadn't heard this until John brought it up. I mean, we're all D&D players. We all got into it during the pandemic. Um, so we, we are all kind of nerds in that regard. And fucking hell, this movie. <laughs> we're we're going to get into it, I'm sure, as we watch it, but this movie wanted to be Star Wars so fucking hard. Oh my god, okay, so the movie makes more sense than the episodes of G.I. Joe we covered, but I'm not sure which one wants to be Star Wars harder, because G.I. Joe literally ripped like the sound files, or the audio, they literally ripped the audio from Star Wars, so... God, there's so many moments, so many lines, so many visuals for this is Star Wars. No, it, so here's the thing. I, I did, you know, the most casual of Wikipediaing, and Courtney Solomon, or whatever the fuck the director's name is, literally wanted to make a trilogy, and he's literally said he was heavily inspired by Star Wars. So he just forgot to the inspired by part and just... <laughs> <laughs> went out to make like if a death star showed up like halfway through this movie it would not have been out of place i missed that i did notice that he bought the rights to it to make a dnd movie when he was 19 Damn. wow and like 10 years later he got this movie made and it was his directorial debut it shows oh yeah but at the same time i gotta kind of say you know it's definitely not the worst I've seen for someone's first time making a movie and getting someone like Jeremy fucking Irons to be in it. Yeah, True. he got Jeremy fucking Irons. It's kind of remarkable. I mean, he ripped it down right to the one phenomenal actor playing in the movie role. I mean, it. it, it I don't know why he forgot to leave the previs in the movie, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, so many times I'm watching this and I'm going, Fellowship of the Rings was one year away. <laughs> Fucking Starship Troopers came out three years before this. <laughs> Dude, it's it's a slight improvement over Mortal Kombat Annihilation. The dragons, some of the dragons are, I think, literally the same footage. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. What? One, this guy thought he was going to make a trilogy. He thought he was going to make more of these. There's like ostensibly two more scripts out there of this fucking piece of shit franchise. I don't think it carried over, but there was a made-for-TV uh, sequel. And uh, Damodar reprises his role, but for some reason does not have blue lips. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it, but I know one of the actors reprises his role in a made-for-TV movie sequel. Oh, dear. oh God. And they made this movie, and this, I mean, it, it, it is explained in just the god-awful special effects, but they made this movie for $20 million. Oh my god, that's all? That's all they made this for. And, I mean, they, they, got, they got their money's worth. Like, Starship Troopers was $100 million, and, <laughs> like, the special effects were half decent, right? 
Yeah, yeah. And but for this, they needed to spend so much more. Fun. I mean, like, look, the script sucked, so like, you can't save that with money. But you could have saved some of the special effects. I mean, the first thing that that leapt out to me was the fact that the one of the the actor who plays Ridley was from the New Adventures of Superman. It really caught me off guard. Yeah, Jimmy Olsen, uh, second Jimmy. Exactly. Huh. Well, one of our favorite actors that we've seen. My favorite Viking berserker? I think we're thinking about different people. You go first. Who are, who, who's your favorite Viking? Like, who is this? Danny from Hocus Pocus, Thora Birch. Oh, okay, yeah. We were talking about the same person. You just Yeah, the Empress. Yeah, yeah the Empress. Thora fucking Birch. <laughs> My favorite Viking badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Danny from Hocus Pocus. She's in it. She's, I'm so, I mean, like, look, she had nothing to work with. They removed her acting somehow. They extracted it with a syringe. They did. And again, this was year after American Beauty. Like, did she just use it up? Did she not have a long enough rest? (laughs) I have a theory that either that the director went up to her and said, you're at 60% right now. I need you at zero. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, And went to you know, the sidekick and said, you're at seven right now. I need you at 238. Yeah, Marlon fucking Wayans is is in this. He, he plays snails, and yeah, he just it's his character's so out of place. <laughs> Look, they brought him into Marlon Wayans, and he Marlon Wayans the fuck out of this movie, but it was just it was too much. He's capable of acting both comedically and dramatically because he's in he's in a uh, scary movie, and he's also in uh, what was it called uh, in Requiem for a Dream. He's capable. He's not He's not a bad actor. And right. of course, Jeremy now, Irons is not a bad actor, but he's got <laughs> very little to work with, too. Well, my thought was that Jeremy Irons just chews so much scenery, there was nothing left for Thora Birch to work with. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Fucking Jeremy Irons. God bless him. He gives this movie his all. He is riding waves in his performance. He is very calm and collected. And then we'll just spout rapid fire style (laughs) typically while dramatic pointing is involved (laughs) it's amazing i kind of want to do the whole episode impersonating (laughs) oh guess what i found out about thora birch speaking of thora birch oh both her parents were porn stars (laughs) is that how they met i think so Yeah, they were both in the porn industry. They met each other. I don't know whether they worked together in that capacity. They, no, they were they were actually in the same movie. They were in a very like problematic movie involving Native Americans, <laughs> but they did act in the same movie, and that's how they met. So yeah, Thor Birch's parents, porn actors, and they waited until this movie to teach her how to act. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she was in these high-profile movies, getting a lot of critical attention. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. In this house, (laughs) (laughs) we act deadpan. (laughs) Yes. None of those highfalutin facial expressions in this house. (laughs) Even our expressions are previs. Oh, they did not get any textures on those on those facial expressions. <laughs> well, anyways, I got nothing more. Um, I we I just want to get the fuck through this because this movie sucks ass. Uh, so we're gonna take a break, mentally prepare. Uh, maybe drink 
a lot. And then when we come back, we'll start breaking down Dungeons and Dragons. God damn it. Hey there, um, studio boss. Yeah, you, you wanted to see me, right? Yeah, Courtney, thanks for coming. Uh, why, why don't you take a seat over there? Um, okay. Did you get a chance to read that script I sent in? Yeah, yeah, I, I read it. I read it. Um, it's actually what I wanted to talk to you about. Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. So which part did you like the best? Okay, that's the thing. Oh, no, uh, no, 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 no. Let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. Um, was it when the Empress took out those TIE fighters? Or, or no, no, the epic lightsaber battle in the tower, right? Actually, not what I was getting at. Um, oh, no, no, that I get it, I get it, I get it. It's definitely the fight scene in the cantina on Tatooine. Boom. Okay, okay, hang on, Courtney. Um, we actually asked you to bring us a Dungeons and Dragons script, you know, like the role playing game, not a Star Wars script. Oh, uh, oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we were pretty clear on that. Uh, we actually don't even have the rights to Star Wars. We couldn't make a Star Wars movie even if we wanted to. Uh, okay, 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 we got this, we got this. How about I just take the same script, but we change everything to fantasy stuff? Okay, okay, I could see that working. But when you're doing that, could you make the script also good? <laughs> no. I mean, you're asking me to come up with new ideas. You read this story, right? Yeah, nope, nope. That's on me. That's on me. <laughs> I like that <laughs> ending. That's on me. <laughs> and we're back, and uh, the movie is going to take zero time before it gives us an info dump over nothing. It's just a black screen <laughs> with a fine There's mist. a bit of smoke. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we should also acknowledge that this is made by New Line. And since it's the same production company as Lord of the Rings, that means they won't fuck it up, right? Oh, my sweet summer child. They already had their priorities lined up. <laughs> they knew where they were going to spend their fucking money. Uh, so anyways, uh, some voice tells us that the land of Izmir is ruled by magic-using mages who enslave the non-magic users. And there's an empress, and she wants to bring equality to all. How nice of her. But the evil mage Jeremy Irons doesn't want this. Like, look, say what you want about episode one's, like, politics being boring. At least it was <laughs> fucking compelling somewhat. <laughs> I just love the whole movie thing of emperors and empresses really wanting their people to have freedom. Right? Yeah, we all know that's the case. <laughs> it's like, bring back the old monarchy. They know what's best for us. <laughs> If there's even good movies like Gladiator pulled it off, but still. If there's anything we know about the 1%, they really care about the little guy. <laughs> they love sharing their powers exactly. so much. Well, so much. They really care. Mm -hmm. By the way, this movie had zero opening credits or opening title budget. <laughs> it's just lingering, lingering dark clouds. Just lingering darkness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I gotta say, I. When we did, like, kind of do the, the through the bridge and see the city and everything, I, I was like, hey, that's okay. And then I remembered this movie's from 2000. <laughs> and no, it's not okay. This CGI is fucking horrific. <laughs> this is PS1 cutscene. <laughs> I mean, my note is this is previs for the previs. This is inception level previs. <laughs> Uh, Ed64 3D graphics saw this movie and was like, I could do a better job. What the fuck? 
<laughs> but it won't just be these special effects, you know, just... It's fucking everything. Everything. Fucking you know, the sound everything. effects and... Uh, I mean, we just... We, we fade into the real world and that's just a casual skull. <laughs> it doesn't get referred to. <laughs> <laughs> just a casual skull sitting on a goddamn coffin. <laughs> Yeah, are we in a dungeon? Are we in the sewers? Where the fuck are we? There's just like fantasy Rube Goldberg machine with like hooded dudes just pumping this and cranking that. Are they trying to destroy a force field around a magic scepter? Are they creating the magic scepter? Yeah. What the fuck is going on? Why is it right next to the dragon holding cells? <laughs> Why do they need a gyroscope? Uh, you always need a gyroscope. Well, it's yeah. it, for me, it was magnetic office toy from the conference room C is somehow a... <laughs> <laughs> so, somehow a significant object in this movie. <laughs> they really needed a lot more items from Spencer's gifts in this dungeon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> really did. Especially the edible underwear, let me tell you. So Jeremy Irons walks in. He's like a you know evil mage character. I'm just calling him Jeremy Irons. I forget what his fucking name is. So he like uses force lightning on the gyroscope, and we're starting with the Star Wars already. <laughs> <laughs> and it creates some like steampunk sickle with a green gemstone in it. Or did he just dispel the force field with the swirly shit? I can't tell. Did he create it, or is he just trying to get it? I don't. Who cares? <laughs> this movie keeps forgetting um, about MacGuffins and making new ones, so just bear in mind this is one of many. Yeah, no, this movie like has no rules, or like it may have rules, and it just doesn't explain it to you because <laughs> fuck you, magic, the force, whatever. <laughs> so then his henchman comes in, he's like this tall, bald dude with like metallic blue lipstick. Yeah, my note here is that uh, I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with Friends, but this is basically Joey from Friends doing the Ichiban commercial, the <laughs> lipstick for men. It's, yes, that's the exact <laughs> fucking color of his lips. <laughs> exactly. I mean, his name is Damodar. Oh, that's his name? I just had him down as Bald George um, instead of Boy George. His, his name is Damodar, and I couldn't get the uh, the Smurf song out of my head. I'm blue, Damody, Damudar, da Damody. Oh, yes! <laughs> this day just keeps getting better. Damodar, 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 Damodar. I guess I'll have to call him Damodar. I, I just had him down as Bald George for the whole fucking movie. <laughs> Bald because... George. No, Damodar, Damodai is yeah. way Damodar, Damodar. <laughs> <laughs> damn a darn this movie um, and so he comes in and he tells Damodar whatever orders his minions to open the gate yes the return of casual monks are casual clearly watched uh, Mortal Kombat yes <laughs> the effects aren't the only thing they stole <laughs> I love to, I love the idea that the director just sneaks onto the Model combat set says monks are due on my set in like five minutes. <laughs> Get over there! Get over there! Go 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 go! You got these monk extras for a day, and we are gonna make the most out of it. Oh, 
if only. Um, yeah, so they open the gate, and what do you know? It's a dragon. So we've got Dungeons and Dragons within the first five minutes. You know, the mission accomplished. Roll roll credits. We're done for the day. And this previous dragon looks so unhappy that he hasn't been finished. I mean, he, he's... <laughs> yes. <laughs> he starts setting fire to things. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's toasting some henchmen, but then, like, Jeremy Irons takes this steampunk sickle and, like, kind of controls him for a hot second. He says, come to me to the dragon, and the dragon's already there. Like, they got the wrong <laughs> order. Well, he, he takes a couple more steps into the room, Yeah, and this impresses the shit out of Damodar Dabidai. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Jeremy Irons, like, he villain-splains that he's going to use the dragons to overthrow the Empress, but the dragon's, like, not really down with this plan. The magic isn't quite strong enough. Yeah, the dragon somehow manages to wink green energy out of his eye? Yep, he winks the green energy out of his eye, and this is when he just killed Jeremy Irons in Demo DW Die with a fucking <laughs> fireball, and the movie ended, and Nick had his sanity preserved. But, no, because we don't have enough Star Wars yet. No, no. <laughs> I'm just savoring the fact that the sound effects guy realized the dialogue was terrible and tried to overpower the dialogue with <laughs> dragon rules. The hero we deserve and need. The sound of the fucking mixer. The, the dragon runs out of the chamber and then Jeremy Irons uses Jedi magic to fucking drop the gate, which has spikes underneath. And so the dragon dies like the Rancor in fucking Return of the Jedi. Exactly. It does bring up one point, actually. Why didn't Luke use the force to flip the switch against the Rancor? Why did he have to throw a big old rock at it? Anyway, that was the thought that went through my head. Yeah, I don't know. My thought was, where's the fat BDSM guy to cry over the dragon? I mean, if you're gonna rip it off, rip it off. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Not enough fat BDSM guy in this Dungeons and Dragons movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then the dragon bleeds Smucker's strawberry. Oh, I had a giant vial of nail polish broke. And then and then causes a river to combust. Yeah. I love that. It sets the water on fire. <laughs> <laughs> sure as shit does. And that, here's the thing. That, so that like the music crescendos and like the, the fire is coming out of like the dungeon onto the river around the city. And I was like, cool. Now we're going to get some opening credits. Nope. I was an idiot. <laughs> this was. <laughs> nope. I love when movies don't do opening credits. I prefer it. But not even like a title. Like just at least give us a title. Nope. Just jump right in. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of expecting the fire to turn into Dungeons & Dragons, just like Mortal Kombat. Would they have stolen that kick-ass music, though? That's the I question. was expecting it. I mean, they already had Demu D, Demu Da, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> or no, they pull a Mortal Kombat Annihilation and just literally play the Mortal Kombat intro with the fire. <laughs> Mortal Kombat! <laughs> <laughs> Would have made this movie so much better. But yeah, obvious uh, Chosen One has a black comedy sidekick. Yeah, he does. As one does. As one does. No, but his his protagonist powers in this movie are incredible. He has magnetism in terms of protagonist powers. Yeah, he's just, as in the Lego movie, he's the special. He just is. Like, there's nothing special about him. He just is the special. And yeah, he's, he's his sidekick is Marlon Wayans. He plays a character called Snails. What the fuck with the name? <laughs> 
<laughs> Seriously. I don't know, man. And yeah, just so we understand where this character Ridley is coming from, he's going to let you know, you know, right out the bat, grr, I don't like mages. They do evil mage stuff and I wish there was something I could do to bring them down. I know. While everyone's worried about the fire, we'll go steal from them, Marlon Wayans. Yeah, Marlon Wayans, snails who, you know, things like, hey, man, it is what it is. What are we going to do? And as John said, they're going to go steal from the magic school because there's definitely not going to be any guards around it during the state of heightened security, given the fire fucking river. <laughs> I like to think this is a weekly occurrence. Like, oh, the river's on fire again. Ah, uh, fucking mages doing mage shit. Is what it is, Jimmy Olsen. It is what it is. <laughs> so, but there, yeah, also will be the most envied thieves in this fucking city and whatever. So Snails is like, I'm I'm in. Uh, so meanwhile, the, the Council of Mages uh, has convened in definitely not an oh opera house. God. This is absolutely a cell they built. <laughs> No, no. They filmed this in the Czech Republic, so they wouldn't have to build a lot of sets. There's, there's just like that old, lot of old timey shit there. So that's why this cost $20 million. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> and so somehow Jeremy Irons has managed to like go from this fucking dungeon to convening this like hundred member council in a matter of minutes. He's also a quick change artist. Yeah. He's got a different outfit on. He's not wearing like black. He's wearing Completely white. Completely different set of robes. Yeah. Yeah. You managed to change it to something less menacing. Tells the council that the empress will soon be old enough to use the magic scepter that she has. And, and she's going to create a revolution. And that's going to suck for the 1% because she wants everyone to be equal, which we all know people in power love equality. And this is MacGuffin number two. Yeah. There's just so many MacGuffins. <laughs> Dungeons and MacGuffins could have been another title. It really could have been. <laughs> oh, man. And so the solution to all this is to apparently vote to take her scepter away. But what if she doesn't let us take her scepter away? Well, then we'll know her intentions. Cool stakes, bro. Cool fucking stakes. Hold on, let me get this straight. The Empress is very upfront about wanting equality and freedom. Yes. And so we're going to ask for her, you know, super powerful artifact. And if she doesn't give it up, then we'll know she really wants to give people equality. The thing that we already all know about. Yes, this movie is a master class in screenwriting. Yeah. Okay, just wanted to make sure I was following the intricacies. And at no point do we see any inequality or lack of freedom in this movie. But but mages, man, <laughs> yeah. and and you filthy commoners. <laughs> At least with the with the empire in Star Wars Episode Four, they started slaughtering Jawas. I mean, is, there's absolutely no oppression. Yeah, but who gives a fuck about Jawas? <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah, Jawas are assholes. Disgusting they were assholes creatures. <laughs> So anyways, Jeremy Irons like, who's with me? And the council cheers. Yay. So now we're at the Empress's Palace. Danny from, from Hocus Pocus, Thora Birch, parents of porn stars, uh, is talking to <laughs> her counselor, the head of the wizarding school, Dumbledore. I, I will eventually call it, just call this guy Dumbledore because he's like old and runs the magic school. I just had stock wizard. Stock wizard. <laughs> he is the Getty images of wizard. <laughs> <laughs> And she's just talking about how, gosh darn it, she just wants equality for everybody, by golly. <laughs> well, my note, to, my note, note to add to that is, what is this, Princess 12? Who would put 
a borderline teenager in charge of an entire empire. Come on. Europe? <laughs> Just European countries back in the day? Yeah. <laughs> but we're supposed to be rooting for her to be in charge, and I don't see why. Because freedom! America? <laughs> yeah, she stands for truth, justice, in the American way. She might be Superman. <laughs> I mean, we already got Jimmy Olsen, so why the hell not, really? Yeah, we're halfway there. Uh, Yeah, she would even die for these, you know, poor, dirty, schmuck commoners. I want to see that movie. (laughs) Where she just dies. (laughs) She just dies in the opening sequence. Well, anyways, we need another MacGuffin, and so this... Well, the first one broke or whatever. So the first yeah. one broke, and we've mentioned her MacGuffin, but she needs another MacGuffin to MacGuffin the Mac- whatever. So there's another rod. Yeah, there's this thing called the Rod of Sivril, which will allow her to control the Red Dragons, and that should uh, help keep the council in line. Like, if she gives up her Gold Dragon controlling rod, she needs her backup dragon controlling wand. Because Red Dragons are better than Gold Dragons, I guess is the implication here. What? Because a rod is a funnier word than septum. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like a penis. And so, yeah, as they leave this room they're in, in the palace, I guess, uh, we see this little demon thing, like, laugh to itself, like the creature that hangs out with Jabba. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So is this supposed to be a familiar? Yeah, like, I think Damodar's familiar. I think that's the idea. I thought it was Jeremy Irons's. I thought it was Damodar's. Because he's the mage, and Damodar Dabadi is just like a soldier. But he's like on the mage side. So he's, no, it's definitely Damodar's um, familiar. It okay. hangs out with Damodar a lot more. Yeah, it does run around on his um, Legion of Doom pads. <laughs> They're not quite as spiky as, Le- as Legion of Doom shoulder pads, though, so... They got the right they got the right color scheme though. But yeah, cut to Jeremy Irons immediately reacting to the existence of this rod. <laughs> that was so fun. See, that's it? why I thought it was his familiar, because it's like he's he's using it to spy. He turns to face his altar and says, I must have the scepter. God damn it, he just chews all this scenery. He's a Saturday morning cartoon villain. It's like <laughs> No, but but here's the thing. It's kind of beautiful to behold, really. It's the equivalent of me just spinning around and saying, I must have a good movie to review. You know, it doesn't make any sense <laughs> for anything but drama and happiness. Why does that need to make sense? <laughs> but the little demon thing is giggling on Damovar's shoulder, so it, it is Damovar's. Isn't this the bone set? Maybe. I don't know, man. I, I watched this like a week. <laughs> I watched this scene a week ago. I forgot my brain. Yeah, no, no. Like his, his, um, private office or whatever has like all the skeletons and shit in there they're real oh shit really yeah okay how much grave robbing was involved in setting up this sequence (laughs) no 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 it's it's like a a church or something that they had a crypt and then stuff got brought up and like it's just part of this church that they filmed in that has actual fucking skeletons yes yes there is a church like that in europe is that the reason for the curse on this movie other than the ones that Nick's been laying down, what curse do you refer to? <laughs> Terribleness. <laughs> okay, so same same difference. All right. <laughs> so yeah, he tells um, Damodar Dabudi Double Boodle um, to go <laughs> uh, kill stock footage wizard dude. Uh, <laughs> kill Getty Wizard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, British Pathé Wizard. Um, and to get him to tell him where the scepter is. And oh, you might as well kill him while you're out and, uh, you know, bring back some Chinese food. Just like that sort of casual. Yeah, you might as well kill him. 
Yeah, but I mean, it's still more Star Wars. Before Jeremy Irons gives him the orders, what is your wish, my lord? It's almost exactly what is thy bidding, my lord. Like it's yeah. said almost the exact same way. <laughs> oh my god. See to it personally, Commander. There'll be no stopping us this time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the kill him while you're at it part. Exactly. It just doesn't fucking stop. (laughs) All right, so now we're watching Ridley and Snails breaking into the magic school. And Jesus Christ, this just happens so much at the beginning of the movie. There's just like this, the director clearly had an erection for this. So this was the only type of CGI establishing shot they could fucking afford. It's like this weird, like zooming up the side of these really tall towers in this city. Just every establishing shot of every location has this fucking shot. So much swooping. So much goddamn swooping. It's beautiful. So then we have to endure the comedy, in quotation marks, of snails being afraid of heights. and It's not funny. The movie wants it to be funny. It's insistent. It's not funny. I agree. It, it is basically, picture a friend of yours who's probably well-meaning, but is incapable of making you laugh. And that is what is given to this actor as comedy. But what did make me chuckle is that Jimmy Olsen knows him well enough that he is like lip syncing Marlon Wayans' complaints as he says it. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard this shit so many times. Yeah, that was good. Anyways, they're, they're in this like dark hall full of like artifacts and in, in the, the wizarding school of Harry Potter, whatever. Um, and, <laughs> and they just happen to have a giant dragon skull made out of the finest gray Play-Doh the set designers could get from the local preschool. <laughs> now we're at a very fancy library where stock footage, wizard Dumbledore guy. Uh, <laughs> He's working with uh, discount Hermione Granger with Harry Potter glasses, right? Indeed. Oh, Indeed I was he going is. with discount Annie Edison in from community but i think both works yeah so he's like saying that the empress you know can't use her scepter of the golden dragon summoning because the council would think she's a tyrant but you said just now that she needs to get the other scepter to control red dragons to counterbalance the what 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 do you want from the empress my dude <laughs> reason more MacGuffins, <laughs> damn it yes that's right. Buy three MacGuffins, get the fourth one free. <gasps> Another one? Yes. Sweet. Because we, we get the map. That's the next MacGuffin. Which leads you to the next one. Exactly. <laughs> Which leads you eventually to the rod that they're after. So we're, we will, I'm sad to say, run out of MacGuffins at some point. Very sad. It is. There are limits to the amount of MacGuffins in this movie. But so we the, the character we meet here is Marina. She's a mage student who's on this like really high ladder platform, like looking for a book for stock footage wizard guy. You know, she's got the hair tied back. She's got the librarian glasses. She's kind of slightly bent over. And I have definitely seen this porn before, guys. I don't know. About- oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially with this lighting. And she's also basically stock image of slutty librarian. How do these characters just not have watermarks on them though, at all times? <laughs> really? No, they could afford the four ninety nine to <laughs> license these stock images. That's where the budget comes. <laughs> <laughs> Property of Warner Brothers Incorporated. New line, new line. Come on, subsidiary of Warner Brothers. It still it counts. Yeah, but still, nah, it doesn't fucking. Matter. It doesn't matter. This movie doesn't matter. It's a waste of fucking celluloid. Um, so. <laughs> 
So because we got to put a fucking, I don't know, ticking clock on this movie that doesn't matter because they don't ever bring it up again. Uh, they only have three days before the council makes the Empress hand over the scepter and she doesn't want to. How to swap your MacGuffin in three days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How to lose track of your MacGuffins in five minutes. <laughs> That's even better. How to lose track of your MacGuffin. <laughs> oh, man. So so what's driving the plot at this point? <laughs> MacGuffin hunt. It's a MacGuffin hunt. Okay. And if you don't hunt fast enough, Damodar Dibadai is going to come kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but, but this doesn't have to she doesn't have to get this fucking other scepter because she has already has a scepter that summons dragons and she can just fucking you know crush the council that way so the movie's pointless and the movie realized this <laughs> and we could stop having a movie now oh my sweet summer <laughs> oh god my idealism but no uh marina slutty librarian is like i wish there was something more i could do than stack books and again i've seen this porno (laughs) oops i just accidentally caressed your stirring hand like what the fuck's he even stirring i don't know man i thought he just had like a hot bowl of soup at first but then he like threw lightning at the map sorry he reached into his bowl of soup and grabbed some powder which caused him to throw lightning at the map let's be you know accurate i'm the map i'm the map i'm the map <laughs> do you know what jules is referencing stares intently for way too long <laughs> <laughs> bueno <laughs> but anyways that lightning doesn't help getty images wizard dude decode <laughs> the fucking scroll so he sends because he's got super ancient magic and you know what really works well Super duper old stuff. Super duper old stuff just lasts forever. It doesn't degrade over time. Well, not when you have enough manticore tails. Yeah, well, she needs to go get a manticore wing for him, so off she goes. Oh, wings. Damn it. Anyways, back upstairs, Ridley and Snails are just, like, snagging stuff. They're kind of like, ooh, I'm going to steal this, I'm going to steal that. And the most paper mache dragon teeth ever, because for some reason they weigh fucking nothing? Yeah! Just weigh nothing, and apparently aren't worth it to steal. I'm sure they couldn't get a bajillion dollars for a fucking dragon tooth or whatever currency they're using. Especially the one made out of gold? Yeah, I feel like you could get a lot of money. Like, in terms, like, instead of having to sell a bunch of stuff, you could sell one big thing. Ah, maybe that's the problem. It's, it's like, um, it's too great of a prize. It'd be too difficult to fence. Oh, but so then Frenchy Snails files, finds a bejeweled box, and before Ridley can warn him, he unleashes a dragon ghost that roars. Ooh, spooky scary. Anyway, illusory dragon didn't come out until the later expansions of Dungeons and Dragons, so I call bullshit here. <laughs> it wasn't until at least Xanathar's guide. I was just curious if, much like Mortal Kombat Annihilation, they thought this was going to be a 3D movie at some points. Yep, the way they animated this definitely lends credence to that theory. It's going to be so cool when the whole audience sits backwards at the same time. <laughs> but anyways, uh, the, 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 the dragon thing roars and attracts Maria to see what all the ruckus is about. And to quote Getty Images Wizard, one of the lab creatures must have gotten loose. So they're in a lab that's full of creatures, apparently? That roar? And not just like a treasure storehouse? I mean... Where the fuck are the creatures in this room? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> they're out back with Hagrid. Um, or the lab creatures are in a different room, so there's no reason for Discount Hermione to show up and catch them. Cool. 
Hagrid. Yeah, I'm going to go with Hagrid um, because I just don't care. Fine, Hagrid. Cool. Uh, so anyways, yeah, Ridley and Stales try to bullshit that they're the cleaning crew, but discount Hermione, discount Annie Edison um, isn't that fucking stupid, at least not now. And then she binds them with a with Wonder Woman's lasso of truth. <laughs> yeah, just magic's a fucking rope around them. And this will never happen again. Nope. Which compels them to stay within 20 feet of her at all time? Yeah, because... She- some terrible after some really fucking cringy banter between her and Ridley here's something downstairs and runs to check on you know stock footage wizard guy and yeah because it's like a fucking bracelet that she uses to wonder woman them and so yeah they have to like go with her as she runs outside well what i'm confused by is why she never uses magic for pretty much the rest of the movie with the exception of like one moment like in this opening sequence she does like i don't know eight spells for example and then as the movie goes on well you see she had her component pouch here and <laughs> forgot to take her um she forgot to take her focus with her and so you know ran out of components nothing somatic <laughs> She's a student? <laughs> She's definitely attuned to this magic item. By the way, for audience, this is all D&D, the actual game references, so it's okay if you don't get it. Just from a movie perspective, though, <laughs> she sh- she basically contributes spells at this point and later when it's needed. I mean, she is 100% just magic when convenient. Exactly. When the movie needs her to magic or the movie has the budget for her to magic. <laughs> the movie never has the budget for magic. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> But anyways, uh, Getty Images wizard has been taken prisoner by Bald George Dama Dabadu, whatever the fuck his name is, and Dama Dar Dabadai. Cool. Uh, so- <laughs> it's the funnest thing to say. It is Come very fun. It's honestly, it's the most fun part about this movie is this name that we've made up for this guy. Um- <laughs> Thank you, Jules. Thank you for the gift that keeps on giving. Yes, this is the only reason why I'm going to get through this fucking record (laughs) without killing myself. Blue lips, lipstick for warlocks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god, yeah. So Dabba Doobles uh, tells. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> stock footage wizard to give him the scroll uh, but when marita walks in stock footage wizard force pulls the scroll to pass it to marita across the room this is apparently a thing that you can fucking do in the universe <laughs> and that's when blue lips mackenzie kills dumbledore stock footage whatever and orders his did you just insult dumbledore in my presence <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the audience is going to be able to follow along with this because we're just making up like new names for the characters. Just to fucking... Fine, we won't keep calling back to other to me being associated with other characters. No, that's fine. They, they should have they listened to all the episodes. Right? Yeah. It's our audience's fault. <laughs> yeah, it's your fault, new listener, that you haven't listened to like the 90, epi- 50 episodes we've done so far. And have it memorized. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, these these crimson guards, he sends them to go kill the the other three, and Marina grabs a handful of nearby bath salts and force lightnings the fucking baddies. <laughs> it's purple lightning, so not the same as Star Wars. Or Hocus Pocus. 
or Hocus Pocus, because that one's green. So she opens a portal to the streets of the city. And thank God it's like permanent so that everyone can just follow you. Yeah, exactly. Um, Not closing up behind you so you get away or maybe opening a portal to a place that's a little further away from the city. So you put some distance between you and your pursuers. I don't know. I'm thinking way too hard. Well, it doesn't matter if you just leave it fucking open. <laughs> that is true. If you just leave it fucking open, none of that matters. <laughs> Although I will say student does learn from her mistakes later. She does. Yeah. Um, credit where credit's due, and there's very little credit due in this fucking movie. We put credits in the movie before the movie did. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, we fucking did. You're welcome, movie. You didn't have to do that for you. Hey, movie, what does it you say you do here? <laughs> Certainly not fucking entertaining, that's for sure. Look, I swoop up the goddamn building so that no one else has to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyways, they're out in the city. They're trapped in an alley, but blue, cross blue shield. um... (laughs) Goddamn. Blue cross blue shield. How many fucking names is this guy going to have? He's going to have all the names by the end of this. Blue Lips Hulahan. <laughs> Blue, ah, mesh reference, love it. Yeah, so, yeah, Blue Velvet uh, brings out a crossbow. <laughs> and my note here is, and that's when John appears from a pile of trash. Uh, <laughs> hey! Oh, man, it's so true. I call it... Discount Ron Perlman dwarf is what I said, but (laughs) (laughs) he he gets his helmet blown off, if you know what I mean. Um, Yes, it gets shot with an arrow or dart or some sort of thing and gets knocked off his weirdly not quite bald head. Yeah. Like there's this random ass patch of fake orange hair. It's like kind of on the side a little. God, this orange in this dwarf's hair, his name's Elwood, uh, if anyone cares. We'll probably have like 9,000 more names for him by the end of the movie. Um, Discount Rob Perlman. Discount Rob Perlman. So the orange in his hair, this is like when I went to Russia, old ladies would dye their, there were two colors that they would dye their hair. One, like this weird purple, and two was like popsicle orange i have seen this orange in old people hair as well yes yeah it is this is the fucking orange that is this guy's beard and hair i mean to me it's so orange that it actually affects the movie's color correction that that it basically starts to become (laughs) because we will move to a scene later which is completely red and i'm pretty sure it's because of the power of this dwarf's (laughs) the only actual magic in this movie (laughs) but yeah he's in a pile of trash and there's a sign that says no dwarves allowed and then they leap through it or something yep so we have our garbage shoot scene yeah yeah we do have our garbage shoot scene this is after he tries to battle axe um blue blue dabble uh, Dynamar Dabadai. Uh, but he gets blocked. Yeah, but Dynamar Dabadai is awesome enough to catch the axe, but has no defense against dwarf leg sweep. He does not. Not even his fucking Wolverine claw gauntlet can prevent a fucking leg sweep from a dwarf. Sweep the leg! I fucking love this thing. Oh my god, it's so bad. Yeah, and then, yeah, that gives everyone time to jump down the Death Star garbage chute and escape. (laughs) There is this weird trend. I don't remember when it stopped, 
but movies loving like sliding down a tunnel for some reason. There were so many that did it. Yes. This movie does it at least three times. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is like the director's Quentin Tarantino foot fetish. He just like seeing people slide down things is clearly what gives him an erection. Like that's I'm calling it now. What use is swooping up that tower if you can't go sliding down it? <laughs> Oh, I'd say I died inside a little hearing that shot, but I have nothing left to kill inside me after seeing this fucking movie. You say that now. I say that now. I'm sure there are further depths to dive into. But the best part, the best part of this subsequent scene is that from this point onwards, the dwarf won't leave them alone. He gets magnetically attached to the party for no reason whatsoever. He has no reason to be there. None. No reason whatsoever. And also, he'll just stop talking at some point. <laughs> <laughs> he'll just not have lines. And he'll just exist. I like to think they just forgot he was there. They were just... <laughs> he has like three more lines in this movie. I, I mean, and I'm count, and one of them is I'm counting his story about... I don't know. He was tied up or some shit. It, didn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. But yeah, he'll have like that and that'll be his lines. But so yeah, we're the next day. The Crimson Guards are putting wanted posters up for Marina because they want to pin the murder of stock footage wizard on her. Can't go to the authorities because um, and they know about the others. So they're stuck together. I feel like if they really knew about the others, they'd also have wanted posters up for them. But whoa, whoa. Stop making sense. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they could just be like, hey, lady, they're just looking for you, so, um, later. Uh, but nope, they're stuck because the movie insists that they are, and um, they walk through the crowd totally not suspicious under their hoods. It is like fantasy world, you know. Glasses and baseball cap. Yes, glasses, of, like sunglasses and baseball cap. Like, so after another fucking swooping up the side of a tall building, we're in <laughs> Jeremy Irons' lair. <laughs> and bluegrass music reports that uh, he failed to get <laughs> the, the MacGuffin, whatever one he was after. I think it was the map. And Jeremy Irons doesn't like that he failed, so he summons Scorpion from the first Mortal Kombat movies, wrist creatures, and into his ears. Yeah, nobody like manifests it inside, and then it pops out of. I his I say ears. yeah, but they, they pop out of his ears. At first, I thought Jeremy Irons just gave him IBS. <laughs> like he just shits his pants. He's like, I'll he, do it. he just like kind of doubles over. Yeah, my, my note was yeah, the scarabs from the mummy run through his skull. Yes, yes, it's all that as well. And he has extreme constipation, and yeah, then the CGI scorpion claws come out of his ears. It's a beautiful sequence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will say what one more minor bit of credit to give this movie. As it goes on, you can see more and more of like the effects of having this thing inside him. He gets this weird veiny shit and it like grows and spreads and gets nastier and nastier as the movie goes. I think that's my last nice thing to say. Oh, that's more night than I would ever say about this fucking thing. Um, <laughs> Can we get to uh, red color correction, Moss Eisley? Well, oh, almost there. We're almost there. This this is fucking nuts. This is? Of the many nuts things. So somehow Jeremy Irons has just of fucking absorbed from the ether that Norda, this really powerful tracker, is 
try to find the scepter. So you need to go find this tracking down person uh, because she's good at her job and she'll lead you to the scepters. Go and track the tracker. Yes. As they look for the MacGuffin for the MacGuffin. It's all layers. So does that mean Norda now also counts as a MacGuffin? (laughs) That could be actually, yeah. The levels, oh. the levels of the MacGuffins. It's amazing. <laughs> Nick just died more inside. He said he was out. He said he was out of things. It's so hard not to cry from how bad this movie is. Um, so basically, he <laughs> orders him to chase the person who's chasing. Yes, chase yes. the person who's chasing. And the person that you're chasing is better than you at chasing. So somehow you're going to chase the person who's chasing. This makes sense. This is Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> the 2000 movie. It's a great plan. Uh, so cut to the cantina on Tatooine. Sorry, I mean a tavern with some Latin <laughs> music playing. I love how the dancing extras are so not into it too. It's like a... <laughs> <laughs> and it is completely red. This is this is where this is where discount Ron Perlman's beard just overpowers the entire room. It became a filter. <laughs> They're sitting at a table with Ridley and Snails and Hermione. But fucking Ron Perlman, dwarf, he just orders a whole fucking turkey for himself. Like, he's going to eat the turkey. He's my hero, yes. And he eats it with the filthiest head. Oh, God, that's terrible, yeah. Like, they're basically black. And it's just gross. It's like, dude. He does have the forethought to um, save scraps in his beard for later though so that is smart it's always good to have a snack jesus fucking christ it's so gross (laughs) so fucking gross it's like he just missed while trying to eat that's what it looks like (laughs) and so yeah so he the dwarf just like straight up asked like hey so uh this scepter you've been talking about uh annie edison is there any money in helping you find this red scepter that you're, you're talking about here and ridley's like hey so why do you need this red scepter? And she's like, to save the Empire. And he's like, fuck the Empire. I'm Luke Skywalker, and the Empire <laughs> works only for the mages. Oh, but don't forget the racism. Oh, yeah. Just like... Can't you just not be a dwarf for a moment? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he gets his yeah. own back. But my favorite line comes from her, actually, because she says, that is just the sort of half-baked illiterate drivel that proves commoners really are common. I don't know. I love that line so much. I mean, my note for this is just Americans or, you know. (laughs) Yeah, the 1% in a nutshell. (laughs) But anyway. (laughs) So Ridley and Snails are like, nope, fuck this quest. They are going to reject the call to adventure. Um, Yay, movie over. Yeah. (laughs) But they got to eat something first. Just this giant round lemon that was served with the turkey. I think Snails just picks up a fucking lemon. And I'm just like, okay, weird choice. There's a whole bird in front of you. Ron Perlman's gonna like take your fucking hand off if you go for <laughs> He's also been touching up those filthy heads of his. Like, I wouldn't want to eat that turkey either. I get it. That's true. Yeah. Well, Sabrina takes out the scroll to try and figure out how to decode it, and Ridley notices it's got marking on it like the scrolls his dad used. What the fuck is this? Is he got like a mage background? Was his dad like a discount magic? Like, what is this fucking thing? It's 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 a thief's treasure map that wound up in the magic school, maybe? Like, what the shit? What the shit is this? I don't know, but despite the fact that this supposedly has an you know, ancient magic that not even the highest mages of the land can decode, he just like chants some fucking incantation that his dad used with 
his old scrolls and he gets I dream of genie smoked into the scroll. <laughs> I mean, I, I was expecting him to start singing Oh Clementine. <laughs> oh my God. Life would be complete. <laughs> you sing that song, Minnie Hop. You sing that song. So anyways, Marina Hermione says the incantation to and also gets I Dream of Genie smoked into the paper. So um, they're gone. End of movie. End of movie. Good. They went off and had a whole other movie and the other's just like. And Snail's got it on with this elf he's been checking out. Yeah, if only. Yeah. But then we get, oh God, we get a brief cutaway to uh, Deep Blue Sea who's giving us. <laughs> A sack of coins to some sketchy dude and this is like where john was saying <laughs> he's got the veins in his head now so the you know the infection has progressed and he tells these goons that they'll suffer a fate worse than him if they don't find the thieves and marina so i don't know what ibs and acid reflux <laughs> they have to watch this movie as punishment <laughs> <laughs> so back in the tavern uh, an elf lady walks in Ooh, she's pretty she's pretty sexy snails likes what he sees and then the dwarf steals Flashheart's line from Blackadder. <laughs> the dwarf says, "You don't need you don't need a woman like that. You need a woman who's got a beard." And uh, it's a line from Lord Flashheart from Blackadder. He says, "Thanks, you bridesmaid. Like the beard gives me something to hang on to." When he talks to Baldwin, <laughs> yeah. From Rob Perlman, dwarf, we can get a little more racism in the movie because you know he thinks that elves are gross. They're gross and bony, and they all look the same. And you need a two hundred and fifty pound dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> with a beard to hang on to. Yeah, dwarven lady with a beard to hang on to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so he likes meaty dwarves and he humps the air just in case you didn't know what he, he meant in terms of hanging on to something. Snails goes down to hit on Elf Lady and he orders the most expensive bottle of wine. And then he leans over to the bar and he's like, no, no make it your cheapest. Like, I was, I'm just trying to impress this chick. Um, and they like thumbs up, almost fist bump each other. He's <laughs> like, I got you, bro. So... Then uh, Wild Blue Yonder and his goons walk in. <laughs> and nobody reacts to this. Just a bunch of armed dudes in crimson uniforms and a guy with very questionable makeup choices. So yeah, uh, so Ron Perlman, Dwarf, Elwood, uh, he sees um, Dabu Deeble Dobbles and... <laughs> Dumbledore Dabu Dabu Dumbledore Dabu Dumbledore <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness me um he starts a bar fight so then everyone starts fighting each other in the melee um he can escape with snails but snails isn't happy about this because he wanted to tap that elf ass and elwood drops some more elf racism because like oh whatever they look down on humans you're whatever fucking elves gross we also see some elf lady kick some ass so you know she can do stuff so they get to a safe distance outside and then snails tries to chant ridley and marina out of the fucking scroll and he keeps saying bidet 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 which is like similar to what they said to get into there because this movie because humor is humor because that's yeah they use that to clean poop off your butt yeah but anyways he gets it right eventually and they both I Dream of Genie smoke out of the scroll. Mid-argument about a wraith, they talk to, and they both clearly had an epic side quest that this movie did not have the budget <laughs> They edited all the wrong scenes out of this movie. I like I to think that. <laughs> I would, just to see Ridley and Marina bickering while talking to a wraith, I... 
that that's I wanted to see that, not some bullshit bar scene. So the Wraith told them apparently, uh, they're relaying this epic side quest, that in order to get the the rod, they have to go to a dragon's cave, but in order to get into the dragon's cave, they need to get another MacGuffin, the Eye of the Dragon, and they need to go get that from the Thieves Guild. Side quest, fetch quest, yep. Yep, side quest, fetch quest. Um, so we're at four or five at this point, MacGuffins. And Snails is like, cool, uh, we're not doing that. Uh, let's go, Ridley. But Ridley's like, actually, I said we're going to do this, so um, come, slave. Seriously. And Snails Jesus. is like, why the fuck? Why? Basically, the question we're all asking as we're watching this movie. Exactly. Why? Why? <laughs> and in this moment, it came across to me, tell me if it came across to you guys, that Ridley and Marina clearly had some nasty scroll sex while on this side quest. Eh. Or is that just me wishing for something exciting to happen? <laughs> I think that's you wishing. I think she still finds him too unpleasant. Fair enough. But Ridley's clearly like got the undercover hots for her, even though like she's a you know, a mage gross. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so he's like tells Snails like, listen, this eye of the dragon, it's a ruby, it's about the size of your fist. Yeah, he he knows what buttons to push so that snails will tag along. Yeah. It's like, you know, she's rich, very rich. Give you treasures beyond your wildest dreams. Let's go save the princess. And snails can imagine quite a bit. (laughs) Yes, he can imagine quite a bit. And Ron Perlman was like, well, I don't really have a choice to go, but to go with you, and why not? Yes, you do. You have a choice. Yes, you absolutely do, fake Ron Perlman. <laughs> walk away right now. Yes, walk away. Just walk away. But he's he's trapped in, in the gravitational field of the protagonist, so you can't, you can't escape now. He's caught in the tractor beam, and he's just pulling him in. That's no way out. But, but he's like, "But who's gonna pay me if I go on this side quest? That I abs- this quest that I absolutely have a choice as to whether or not I partake." And they just throw Hermione under the bus. They're just like, "She will." Yep, she's gonna. And she's like, "Oh yeah." Anyways, we'll figure that out later. Uh, just come on. And Rod Pilberdo is like, "This that's a terrible way to do business." And I agree. Delivered directly into the camera. <laughs> God damn, this movie thinks it's so fucking funny. So he walks off and never sees them again. he gets a little acetone he gets the spirit gum takes his beard off and just nopes out of there (laughs) (laughs) finally washes his hands Uh, and so they all leave and it turns out that Catwoman sorry the the, the elf lady from the bar uh, was watching them from a nearby tree the whole time don't care nope (laughs) (laughs) appropriate response yes That's my response to everything that happens in this movie. So now they're at a market at, in Rivendell. No. <laughs> this is the bizarre from every every Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, yeah. This is discount Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah, it's every fucking bizarre in every Indiana Jones movie. Uh, I think it's another franchise this movie was stealing from. Oh, yeah. All we needed was John Reese Davies to show up and start shouting at him. <laughs> Would have been a better movie. Yeah, he was too busy doing Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this movie is so fucking proud of their background actor coordinator because we just go through this market for hours before the fucking characters show up. And Snails immediately starts stealing shit. And no one notices. <laughs> He's that good of a thief, man. Yeah. And then Ridley sees Majin Buu from Dragon Ball Z. 
<laughs> oh my god. I put licking third eye guy, but I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, he's a purple dude with a third eye who's also clearly a thief. So they just like recognize him? Hey, game recognizes game. Okay. So he goes up to purple Majin Buu dude and he's like, take me to the guild master. And he's like, no, fuck off. <laughs> Seriously. But yeah, the dwarf does get a fun line. He basically, you know, he catches the mage looking at some of the wares and says, if I ain't drinking, you sure ain't shopping. <laughs> I've been doing that in every mall I go to. <laughs> That's how Jules lost his girlfriend. <laughs> so the gag regroups and Ridley gets the brilliant idea to wait for it, follow the purple dude and see where he goes. <laughs> okay, so they're tracking purple dude. We've got someone else tracking them, and then Dumbledore Dabadai is tracking that other tracker. <laughs> the layers, the inception levels of MacGuffins and trackings, and it's, it's wonderful. Just... <laughs> this fucking movie. It's a conga line. <laughs> it was a conga line. Conga line of trackers. <laughs> so despite having had this aggressive fucking encounter with Ridley, Purple dude doesn't, like, look back to make sure he's not being followed, keeping an eye on them. <laughs> nope, he's just, like, casually going about his business. Like, you know, when you've had an encounter with a video game character, they're like, get the fuck out of here. And then you, like, take two steps back and then they just forget that you ever existed. Yeah, it's exactly like that. They were outside of his cone of vision for three seconds. He had to revert to his previous program. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time that just out of camera again returns with, you know, it's it doesn't exist because it's not on camera. That will come back later. It's fantastic. Well, anyways, uh, he gets followed back to the entrance to the Thieves Guild, which is so conspicuously out of the open, <laughs> it might as well have a neon fucking sign. <laughs> it just makes me think these, these people at the bazaar must be used to thieves. So how are they not noticing this shit? Or are they just okay with shit getting stolen? That's just how they roll. Maybe it's a thief town? Yeah. It's, just, it's okay. We'll steal it back in like five minutes. Uh, so yeah, they go, they just walk into the thieves guild and immediately purple dude sees them. And he's like, I told you not to follow me. And he immediately has them seized. <laughs> Man. <laughs> so seize them. I said, no. God, you guys, you never listen to me. Oh. <laughs> So apparently, even though there are four of them, only Marina and Ridley get taken to the Guildmaster. I guess they couldn't afford to have the other two actors for those days. It was sick. So what? Did did Snails and Ron Perlmandorf just get put in, like, holding cells? What the fuck even happened to them for the next, like, 15 minutes I of this movie? I don't know. I don't know. They had their Wraith banter sex. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, that's our new band name, Wraith Banter Sex. Uh. <laughs> and Thor Birch is going to show up with that cat in the turnip. Can <laughs> <laughs> we do that from the leafy twig? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so many inside jokes. So many inside jokes. And, and y'all need to go listen to all our episodes if you want to get there. We're tired of explaining it to you. <laughs> yeah, so the Guildmaster's got a bit of a... Uh, you know, he's got, you know, earrings, he's bald, he's kind of got a bit of a suave, feminine-ish attitude. I don't know, man. Oh, just, he introduces himself by smacking the mage on the ass, which I was... <laughs> because 2000s movie, yes. Exactly. And she reacts initially, like, shocked, and then she just completely forgets about it. As if you went to a video game character NPC, smacked her in the ass, and then walked away a couple feet. <laughs> By the way, do you know who this guy is? The the, the guildmaster, the thieves guildmaster. Oh yeah, I forget the name, but like from Rocky Horror. Yeah, he and... he co-wrote the original Rocky Horror. He's like a writer on it. 
Oh, shit. I didn't know that. He might have acted in as well, but he was like a co-writer of the original Rocky Rocky Horror Show. Well, he's continuing to horrify us with um, blatant sexism. So good job there. I was surprised he wasn't um, the skinny, bald, evil mage in the second season of Game of Thrones. Like the guy who steals the dragons and also has blue lips. <gasps> but nope, it's not. It's not him. Sorry. Aww. So Ridley tries to use his thief cred to get the guild master to give him the eye of the dragon. Be like, come on, man. I'm from the other city. I'm from the, the local chapter there. You what know? about honor among thieves? Oh, you'll find out what about that in a little bit. Mm. But nope. Uh, he's going to have to go through a booby-trapped maze to get the eye of the dragon. Uh, and Ridley's like, has anyone ever finished the maze before? And the guild master says, no, idiot, because if there was, it wouldn't still be there. <laughs> the, 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 the gym's still in the fucking maze, dude. <laughs> like, But I guess this is something that happens a lot. It's become a spectator event. Yeah, it's become a whole spectacle thing, but everyone who's tried to get this fucking thing has died in the maze, so good luck with that. Because, you know, we did half of the Rancor scene at the beginning of the movie, now we're going to have the other half of the Rancor scene here. <laughs> Where people shout through cages exactly. and are so entertained at this <laughs> impending doom, yeah, yes. It's like, it's like a mixture uh... of the Rancor pit and the entrance to the Holy Grail site. Yes. One particular room. Yes. Yes. I mean, yes. yeah, the Last Crusade does get ripped off here too because you also get the spike that almost hits him in the crotch, just like in the when he was on top of the uh, the circus train and the rhino horn almost gets his crotch. It's all here. It's it's still, yeah. It's all here. It's oh, yeah. quite it's comprehensively. All it's all there. See, that's how good the thieves are in this movie because the entire movie is stolen from somewhere else. <laughs> and they, oh, they also just steal from raiders for shits and giggles because the first oh, yeah. obstacle, the first trap, he triggers it by like there's a light trigger, mm -hmm. and that brings out the swinging axes from the ceiling. Yeah, like it, it. He he does the he he breaks the light beam and it makes one swinging axe and then he throws something. I don't know if it was a rock or a skull or whatever the fuck, and it passes through all the light beams down the hall and now there's like a shitload of swinging axes. Yeah, but he jumps on one and then he swings to the other row and then he swings to the other side of the room. So he he beats that one. When has Ridley shown himself to be capable of doing any of this? By the way, we have no reason to believe that Ridley has any fucking skills of any sort. <laughs> the only thing we've seen him do is fail to steal from the magic school. <laughs> <laughs> he also failed to persuade Majin Buu to help him out. Yeah. He is so far sucked at everything, and yet he is our, our protagonist. Legally, he is our protagonist. <laughs> he has succeeded in causing Dwarf to come with them? Well, I mean, the dwarf just had to. There was no, <laughs> there was just no convincing involved. Then he gets, so the, we got the light triggers from Raiders. And then we get the, you got to step on the right part of the floor from the last crusade. Yeah, I have Jimmy Olsen has to spell God's name. <laughs> <laughs> In eyeballs. <laughs> yes, but totally in eyes. Yep. <laughs> Not the letter. <laughs> starts with an I in the Latin alphabet. It I starts like because, with an I. Because in the Latin alphabet, it starts with an I. Exactly. Yes. Yes. But in this movie, it's actual eyeball shape. Yeah. <laughs> it's still so goddamn hard. Yeah, he's got to like step on the right colored ones, but then he steps on the wrong colored one. And then we get the fucking trash compactor from A New Hope. So he's got to like escape getting crushed. He hits the wrong tile and the, we've got the walls closing in cliche. Come in, C-3PO. 
<laughs> Ron Perlman, Dwarf, and Snails are listening in, and Snails is like, listen to them, Ron Perlman, they're tired <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i am done Damo dar, Damo dar. <laughs> oh my goodness me and just because we haven't ripped off every indiana jones movie in the original trilogy now we're gonna rip off fucking temple of doom because he gets into another room and roof spikes are coming down and also out of the floor and he solves this by whacking a sand dial with a sword. An, an hourglass. An hourglass, yeah. Which, yeah, so hourglass is emptying, which causes spikes to slowly descend. So breaking it so all the sand falls out doesn't cause them to drop on your ass. Nope. I think I blacked out at this point. <laughs> I don't actually this part of the temple. Look, there was a lot of stupid per second in this sequence. I would oh, totally understand you blacking out. And so finally, he's in the chamber where the Eye of the Dragon is. And at this point, I was just waiting for him to bring out a bag of sand exactly. to like replace it. It's the same shot. I swear. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, he doesn't have any stubble to rub contemplatively. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> but he still tries. Oh my goodness. God. No, he just takes it. That's it. He just takes the fucking thing. But like it takes way too long. He he walks up so slowly and you really expect there's gonna be a thing, and then he just like picks it up and holds it up. Yeah. I won the prize. Olmac, tell him what he's going home with. <laughs> Honestly, I would have paid so much money if a giant boulder came out of nowhere and just fucking crushed it. Uh, well, anyways, uh, the Guildmaster dude is super impressive. Ridley got the Eye of the Dragon. However, uh, he wants it back now. Yeah, you have to give me what's rightfully mine. And he's like, well, mm -hmm. what about Honor Among Thieves? And he says, no, 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 that's the next D&D movie. It's hopefully going to be a lot better. We got to make a few really shitty sequels direct to TV first, but <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. And he's like, look, I didn't get rich by having honor, and I believe that's just the billionaire's code. I kind of love that line, yeah. It was actually a good line. Uh, I hate giving this movie any credit but i'm just like yeah that's how you get rich by being a fucking asshole so thieves also aren't commoners and they're just as bad as mages check got it yep this world so one of the guildmasters thugs gets hit by an arrow and we see that's because um blue cheese mcgee and his red rangers <laughs> have arrived <laughs> <laughs> Tell the names we run out of. <laughs> I will find more. I'm just in awe that he keeps coming up with things, really. Because <laughs> there is no way he had that shit. Nope, I'm just pulling this out of thin air. Um, uh, so, yeah. Like a bolt from the blue. <laughs> totally missed a chance. Out there. of the blue. WDW. Yep. Well, anyways, the, the, the guild master doesn't take too kindly to damn dirty mages trespassing on his uh, thieves guild. So, yes, those damn dirty mages who are famous for shooting arrows. Yes. Uh, and no, no magic from, you know. No, there's no fucking magic. <laughs> yeah, no magic. Yeah, you think that, you know, dabble doobles would be able to fucking, you know, do some magic, but no, no, he can't. Dabbles, doobles, but he don't fall down. 
<laughs> so to get out of this situation, Ridley sets the scroll on fire. Oh, this is where Jules noped out as this a kid. This is where I noped out, yeah. This was so fucking terrible. I don't blame you. <laughs> yep. It's just one of the many MacGuffins that he's threatening to burn. <laughs> yeah, he threads to burn the scroll scroll guffin, um, and he tells Blue's Clues that he'll put it out <laughs> if he lets them pass. And, you know, Blue... I, I, I don't have one now. Whatever. Blue dabba dee dabba die. You're my boy, Blue. <laughs> yeah, my boy, Blue. Uh... Fuck it. He's like, all right, let him pass. Blue, that's why you're my boy. <laughs> you're my boy, Blue. <laughs> then two thieves drop bear two of, you know, Blue Babble's goons, and so fighting ensues. And then so the scroll gets knocked out of Ridley's hand, and Marina does the crawling on the floor trying to get the object, but people keep kicking it around, cliche. God damn, how many bingo cards have we filled? Oh, so very many. But uh, I, I, I do have to say there is one... There's one moment that I really enjoy, and that's when um, uh, Blue's brother. (laughs) Elwood? When did the dwarf show back up? He puts his, you know when the foot lands on the map? It actually misses the map, I think. He misses the shot, the cliched shot of your foot landing perfectly on the object you're chasing. I really loved immediately before that where like she's reaching for it and there's absolutely nothing in the way, but she's acting like she's trapped under something. Like she can't just crawl, scurry over to the map and grab it. She's doing that really strain, like, like she's hanging upside down in, oh, I don't know, a goddamn ice cave and her lightsabers just out of reach. And why is the protagonist suddenly good at sword fighting? Because protagonist, the answer's in the question. But anyways, yeah, um, Bluebell Doobles uh, puts his foot down on the, the <laughs> scroll and <laughs> takes Marina prisoner, does this, they do this whole damsel in distress thing. And yeah, Jules, this is where like I had the same fucking observation as you. I was like, hey, she's a mage with fucking magic and we've seen her do magic. Why doesn't she do some fucking magic here? <laughs> Uh, I guess it's because Bluebeast has a... She didn't bring her component pouch. She's still got to have the Lasso of Truth magic item on her that she's attuned to. Is she being restrained? You see, she's probably used all the charges, and it mm. only recharges the uses after a long right. rest, which they definitely haven't had. Or, or maybe, like, you get so many uses per day, or, you know, or a week or something. Yeah. Absolutely. There's some sort of um, stipulation The movie's not going to explain to you because fuck you, viewer. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> so anyways, Ridley tells Stales to get uh, Ron Perlman and so they can go after Marina. I love how basically they run out and they run into blue and not the character. They just run into blue color correction. It's fantastic. <laughs> okay, you did throw me for a second because of all the fucking ways we've been describing that guy. <laughs> I love how a few times Nick has just resorted to nonsense babbling and we know exactly who he's talking about. blue de boobles so outside, Snail is like, hey, guys, we got the gem. Uh, let's just go sell it. Fuck this Marina person. Like, she's part of the Empire. Ridley's like, no, I won't leave without her. Why? Because the Wraith made me feel funny things down there. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you can't just be in a scroll with somebody and abandon them. That's just, like, against the scroll bro code. <laughs> and that's when Elf Lady, who whose name is Norda, uh, ambushes them with some other Elf cronies and masks. There is no way they don't see these crossbows. I'm sorry. They, they, these crossbows come like literally 
from right to the left of their peripheral vision. There is no way they don't see them. I kind of feel like Jimmy Olsen does because he's trying to get snails to shut the fuck up. But snails is like, what? And he goes, listen. And then the crossbows emerge from the side of the frame to point directly at his ears. Yeah, snails clearly has very bad passive perception. But tracking MacGuffin Lady has caught up to them. So yes, yeah, so we've 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 closed that tracking gap. There's there's few traffic like tracking lines that we need to follow now because <laughs> she's caught up with them. She's like, "Give me Marina and the Skrulls," and he's like, "She's not fucking here. Do you see her anywhere?" Yeah, I mean, I got the scroll, but Hermione is not with us. So basically, Norda wants to give the scroll and Marina back to the Empress, and he basically pulls a, "I don't trust you because you're a cop, and so is Blah Blah Blee. You know, he's a cop too, and he's working for Profion." Um, Jeremy Irons. I don't think we've ever said that. No, name No, we have yet. not mentioned that his name is character. His character's name is Profion. And, and and so she's just like, what? I mean, MacGuffin lady is basically trying to get rid of a MacGuffin and can't. <laughs> she's she really like, is. let's get one of these MacGuffins out of here so we can focus. She is the only one with any semblance of narrative um, cognizance. He's like, I'm a MacGuffin. This map's a MacGuffin. The eye is a MacGuffin. Can we get one of these MacGuffins away from this movie? I'm going to say no. And now you're alerting us to this conspiracy so we can solve the problem of Danny not having to give up her scepter. We're solving the movie right now, dude. Just come with me. We can end this right now. <laughs> oh, God. But instead, we're like halfway through. We are literally halfway through because, um, yeah, so they explain that Marina got kidnapped by um, Blue Cheese Cake. I've run out of words uh, for him. But anyways. Blueberry Cheesecake. Yes. Blueberry Cheesecake. Yes. And so Norda steps away to make a magic mirror FaceTime call with the Empress. Well, yeah, because she's good at story and she's like, hey, I got this information. We can end this now. Yeah. <laughs> Tells the Empress, you know, it just regurgitates everything that we know already, just repeats everything. They knew there's no way anyone was paying attention to this. <laughs> so the Empress tells Norda to track down Blue Bottle Coffee and... Wait, so now she has to track the person who was tracking her while bringing along the people she was previously tracking. <laughs> Well, John, that tracks. <laughs> hey! So Norda tells the, the three dudes, uh, Ridley, Snails, and uh, Ron Perlman Dwarf, that they're coming with her and her elf posse, and they'll kill them if they try to escape. Anyways, my head hurts. My heart is broken that this exists, so I need to go take a break and recover. So we'll be back, and when we do, we'll break down the bananas crazy fucking conclusion of Dungeons & Dragons. We'll be right back, unfortunately. I really want some blueberry cheesecake. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so glad we're finally getting to play Dungeons & Dragons again. Seriously, and man, thanks for stepping up and being Dungeon Master, Jules. It's a lot of work. Seriously appreciate it. Of course. I'm excited for you guys to experience this adventure. Ready to get started? Fuck yeah! Oh yeah! Let's do it. You're both in a tavern. Ah! Classic D&D adventure start. Loving it. Loving the location. Then, two goblins run up and kick you both in the nuts, and you take 32 bludgeoning damage. Wait, what? You both need to make death saving throws right now. Okay, wait, hold up. This is ridiculous. I mean, 
there are still rules. We didn't roll for initiative. We haven't officially entered combat in any sense. Yeah, Jules, if you're not going to take this seriously, then I'm just going to go home. I don't think so. Uh, Trixie, why, why are you growling, girl? We, we've always been cool. You see, guys, almost every time we do an episode, you try some dumbass scheme based on what we're watching, and I've grown tired of it. You've broken into my house, you've kidnapped my dog. Uh, we did that for friendship. You're welcome. No, you didn't. That's stupid. So, after all that bullshit, I'm now the one who gets to mess with you. As much as I want. In any way that I can imagine, because we're playing D&D. Now, I suggest you start making those death saving throws, otherwise I'll set Trixie on you for real, and you'll be making them for real. Holy shit, John, did Jules' eyes just start glowing red there? Am I seeing things? Shut the fuck up, man. You are gonna get us killed. Start rolling or the goblins start peeing on you. (laughs) 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 And we're back. Uh, Marina's now in a dungeon, because Dungeons and Dragons, and Blue Bunny Ice Cream walks in to her cell. Um, and asks her, you know, why she was at the Thieves Guild with the others, and she tries to bullshit that they needed money for supplies, and he's like, no, you weren't. That's fucking stupid. I'm not, but don't believe that. And so she asks him why he's going against the Empress, and he's like, I got nothing against the Empress, just that if I don't do, Jeremy Irons is gonna kill me. Yeah, but he has an IBS attack again. Look at me! (laughs) My note here is actually probably, this is the only moment of genuine acting, I thought. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I get this weird feeling that it wasn't written to have him do the look at me a few times. They just really liked his take. So they keep cutting back to her reaction and then another take of him doing it again. Wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, begs her to help him. So that he won't die. She he For some reason, he thinks that she cares about him. Because mm-hmm. she's like, no, I'm not going to help you. And he's like, well, then I'll just suck the information out of your brain. I like the way he phrases it, too, because he says, I can suck the information I want. It's a, it's a perfect <laughs> awkward pause. <laughs> like, as the scorpion wrist monster uh, brain fuck the information out of her. Yeah, and they do a very uncomfortable, like, pumping. Yeah, there's there's some pulsating thing. involved. Yeah. But anyways, he learns that the eye of the dra- that about the eye of the dragon that it's a key to a thing, so he's got what he needs. I thought it was the thrill of the fight rising up to the challenge of our race. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Would have been such a better movie. <laughs> Uh, so back in the forest, uh, the others are riding through the night. And the movie attempts comedy by making... <laughs> I mean, that could just be like most of the movie. you just saying the movie attempts comedy. <laughs> no, just the movie attempts. <laughs> the movie attempts story, character. Yeah, just fill in the blank. You could Mad Libs this thing. Here's the millennial <laughs> rewind review that goes on the DVD box, right? It's the movie attempts. <laughs> <laughs> dot, dot, dot. 
Well, yeah, so the comedy of the movie's attempting is making Ron Perlman dwarf scared of horses. And he's, like, not riding the horse right. He's, like, slung over on his stomach. I don't know. He's riding this horse, like, incorrectly. And he's he's becoming emotionally self-aware. He's not scared of his emotions because he's like, I'm in this movie. I, I get to cry about it. Um, <laughs> apparently this is, like, a dwarf trait, them being scared of riding horses. Will this pay off? Will this mean anything? <laughs> Fuck no. So they stop so Nordic can check out some tracks. And she's like, oh, I know a shortcut based off of my I know these lands so yay Norda go you and then Snails tries to hit on her again and she's like how old are you and he's like oh, I'm 23 but for you I'd be willing to drink an aging potion she's like yeah I'm over 200 years old so that's fucking stupid that's a mere drop in the bucket compared to Princess Katana very true wait how old is she again oh 10,000 years I mean my my note to, to his well damn is well that shit is whack yes <laughs> damn shit <laughs> So cut to a terrible CGI castle. Ridley and Snails use grappling hooks to scale the wall. And then, oh God. Wait, casual beholders are casual, right? Oh my God. Oh my fucking God, the beholders. Okay, so for for anyone who's not familiar with D&D, the beholder is like one of the iconic monsters of the series. They're kind of like these floating orb things. They've got like tentacles with eye stalks at the end of them. They're like a giant cyclops eye in the middle of their ball face thing. They got sharp teeth. Iconic to the series. This is clearly fan service. But they are terribly animated. We see them once, and then they are never heard from again. <laughs> These beholders are the floating previs for the California race. <laughs> <laughs> Spot fucking on, my dude. That is perfect. So I just figured out Blue's Clue. <laughs> <laughs> you did. So just such a waste of beholders. Like this could have been like part of the plot. Also, beholders are solitary creatures. They don't just like hang out in groups. With gods. Yeah, no, they are fiercely territorial. Yeah, you would not see this many beholders in the same area without them fighting. If there is more than one, there soon won't be. Yeah. But yeah, they're just among the gods. It's like, you know, the, the cave troll that they bring in. <laughs> Yeah, or like a guard dog or something. They just have a few of them on patrol. Weird. Oh, that's something I want to see is how to train your beholder. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, Ridley throws a rock to distract one of the beholders and some guards so he and Snails can run into the dungeon. Ridley tells Snails, you go find the map, I'll find Marina. And Snails isn't happy that he doesn't get to go after the girl. Like what? You you were expecting Marina to hook up with you for saving her? Like what what's what what are you thinking, Snails? Snails is thinking he's gonna make the most awesome sneaky somersault. No, it's more of a dive roll, but it is so unnecessary and loud. How the fuck did they not get caught right there? Do a barrel roll. Do a barrel roll. <laughs> <laughs> So outside, Ron Perlman Dwarf turns to Norda and says, hey, why aren't we going inside? Wouldn't that make sense? And she's like, no, no, no. Uh, we can't go in because they need to complete this task alone. Why? We just don't have the budget to have everybody in this set on the same day. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> I, I think they didn't have fight choreography budget. No, they did not. And Ron Perlman Dwarf's confused expression matched my own in this moment. <laughs> But now we have the be careful you too. Every movie from this point on has to replace it with uh, Leslie Nielsen poking his head through the door saying, I just want to say good luck. We're all counting on you. Oh, I thought you were going to say this is their take on the I love you. I know. 
Because that face that Marlon Wayans gives Jimmy Olsen. It's a side <laughs> smile, isn't it? Yeah. That little smile. It's such an I love you too. It's true. Yeah. yeah the- Snails goes into um, Blue Man Group's room and he <laughs> sees his armor and he freaks out. Like, ah! you know, because again, the movie really wants to be funny. It's trying its best. It sucks. Um, so, yeah, he spends way too long just looking at, you know, blueberry pancakes. Just random shit. Just random shit. And then he- <laughs> blueberry pancakes. Just random shit. And then he sees the map and he thinks, oh, this is going to be a piece of cake. And it's wrong because he starts sinking into a carpet made out of Quaker oats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's very impressed by Blue Harvest's bed. <laughs> And right next to him is this like little wading pool filled of goddamn rolled oats that's been painted to look like a rug. <laughs> the worst alarm system in the world. And Jesus Christ. All I could think of is now I know how to protect my PS4. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst thing in the world because if anyone approaches this table from any other angle they don't get caught in it yes yes yeah there's a whole honk of space on the other side of the table right but it's also the direct path from your bed to your desk exactly this quicksand <laughs> porridge rug is literally doing nothing except quicksand porridge rug is my new band name. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ska band. It's doing nothing but impeding you when you get out of bed, when you're feeling groggy in the morning <laughs> and you need to get something on your desk. How many times did Blueberry Waffles get stuck in his own rug because he forgot something on his desk? <laughs> he gets up in the night to take a piss. And he's like, ah, oh, God damn it. I did it again. <laughs> Now I got to repaint this whole thing. Uh, I just washed these pants. <laughs> Profion every morning is just like, <laughs> did you did you walk into the porridge rug again? It's meow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I walked in the porridge rug again. God damn it, blue balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, snails doesn't like die in the quicksand oatmeal because uh, Kelly's blue book pulls him out. <laughs> Well, I mean, first familiar has to show up and laugh at him. Yeah, he does. Like a little asshole. <laughs> yeah, like the little Jabba's gremlin thing. <laughs> so, meanwhile, Ridley keeps going down deeper and deeper into the dungeon, and he hears either a guy moaning in pain from being tortured or jerking off too loudly. I couldn't quite figure it out. Porque no los dos. Very true. Very true. <laughs> And then he uses his thieves' tools to open the locked door and freeze Marina. And so this dungeon is literally just like this one room in the basement. (laughs) (laughs) That's all it is. And there's no tension because like no. she's, she's like there with her head down in her arms. And like when I first saw it, I was like, oh, she's going to like lift her head up and then she's going to be actually someone else who with a magic spell to disguise themselves and they're going to fight. That would be fun and compelling and it would be an obstacle to him getting Marina. But nope, she's there. They have a hug and they leave. So cool. They got her back. You know what else would make sense? Having like shackles or something in your dungeon? Yeah, some shackles. You know, like where you put prisoners, cuff them, chain them to a wall. A guard outside the door. (laughs) Whoa, whoa Whoa. now. They they spent too much, you know, getting beholder trainers. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Well, now Snails is still in trouble because he's with Blue Light Special. And so he 
doesn't stop snails from pocketing the map. He just like lets him. Is this where Blue's Clues gets the line, just like you thieves always taking things that don't belong to you? This is literally the only quote in the movie I wrote down because it was so fuck. That's what thieves do. That's the definition of a thief. I mean... <laughs> He might as well be like, just like you architects, always designing buildings. I know, just like you accountants, always inputting numbers. Typical veterinarians caring for animals. <laughs> just like us podcasters, always saying things into microphones. Uh, uh, typical. So Snails pulls out his sword, much to, um, fuck, I'm just whatever, Blue Blobble's uh, <laughs> amusement. And immediately disarms him. Uh, so Snails tries to run away, but blah, 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 grabs blah. him. And <laughs> down to just random noises. He's <laughs> just not making random noises for this fucking guy. We went from incoherent rambling to just <laughs> noise. Just noises and grunts. I uh, grab Snails, and then Snails slashes him with a boot dagger and escapes. Uh, and then we, Ridley and Marina fight some other dudes, and a big dude fights Ridley. And I don't get this, because he opens a door, and there's this like really tall guard on the other side. Ridley has his sword drawn. This guy does not. So he stabbed him, and then this was over. Right, as opposed to doing something stupid like stepping back and letting the guy grapple him. <laughs> this was an attempt at the big German guy, you know, around the plane in Raiders of the Lost Ark. They were trying, <laughs> yep. straining to make it a similar kind of fight sequence. I do have to say, though, the knife to the boot was surprisingly badass for this movie. <laughs> Very surprising, yes. Well, anyways, they see Snails and they go after him. However, outside, Snails has been cornered by House of Blues and... No, he, no, he hasn't. There's, there's an open window he could clearly walk through or jump through. That wouldn't be any kind of an inconvenience. <laughs> there's supposed to be a cliff edge, but it's just not. There's like a gentle hill on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what if he falls and sprains his ankle, Jules? You know, you never know. <laughs> yeah, the, the fucking family guy. <laughs> gag that I fucking hate. <laughs> Oh my god. I hate that. I hate that gag so much. It's so dumb. It's like write a joke. So Snails pulls out a dagger to defend himself, and then he gets the absolute shit beat out of him. Oh, he gets fucking wrecked. Yeah. And then um, I got the blues tell Snails that if he gives him the dragon's eye, uh, he might let him die quickly. And that's a terrible offer in a negotiation. This... Yeah, especially he dropped the word might. Yeah. So, uh, riddle me this and Marina run outside and, uh, <laughs> oh God, now it's, it's infecting other characters. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, blue pill tells him that he wants the dragon's eye and Ridley tells him like, Hey man, I got it. Just, just let snails go and I'll give it to you. You know, give me all the leverage you have over me right now. And I swear these, I'll give you this fucking thing. Well, he made good on his word to put the map out when it was on fire because everyone, you know, stepped away a little bit. So, yeah, he's he's a very trustworthy thief is what I'm saying. There is honor amongst this thief. That's why he's so goddamn poor, fucking commoners. <laughs> and then for no fucking reason other than the writer wanted snails to die, snails <laughs> pulls the fucking map out of his pocket. 
and chucks it, and that prompts Blabble Bloobles to <laughs> fucking kill him. Yeah, Blue Oyster Cult activates his Wolverine claws and stabs Marlon Wayans in the shoulder area, which then, of course, is when he has to make his daring escape out the window. Ah, yes. <laughs> but he was using snails so that the Riddler would give him <laughs> the fucking <laughs> dragon eye, so he still needed him for leverage and just because he chucked the fucking scroll he kills him he's like no also you're gonna have to give me the scroll back otherwise i will kill your friend like he could have gotten both they lost track of the MacGuffins. <laughs> the show game got too complicated <laughs> but because we need some pathos <laughs> exactly we get the falling to his knees yells no you know practically rending his garments and my my note is i did the exact same thing except i yelled yes <laughs> <laughs> One of the many hilarious reviews I read said, you know you're watching a bad movie when one of the main characters dies in the audience cheers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So Jimmy Olsen, you know, manages to get some composure from his epic no and tries to go and... <laughs> tries to go and attack Donamar Dabutai, who blocks all his sword strikes like he's Neo who can perceive the Matrix? Sure. <laughs> he just like clunk, clunk, clunk with his forearm, like Wolverine claw thing. Yeah, he, he disarms riddles and jams his sword right into his shoulder. Which is a, a death sentence, clearly. Yeah, clearly a death sentence. Well, he also loses his sword. He doesn't have a sword now. That's important. So this is when Iron Blue killed him? And the movie ended? Oh, if only. I'm so sorry. Yeah, there's more movie jewels. I know. I know. Honestly, I think this was around the time when I was literally Googling how long are the credits <laughs> in Dragons? <laughs> Dragon. How much of the end of the movie is can I just cut away from the runtime and save my sanity? Google's like, no, fuck you. Watch this movie and suffer. I would like to remind you of the review I actually read last time. But at least it doesn't drag on too much. Oh, they lied. We were lied to. <laughs> um, so Marita spots uh, the. So we, we forgot to mention this, but snails found a bag of pixie dust. Oh yeah, yeah. He found a component pouch, so now she can make a portal. And this is what we were referencing earlier. She learns how to close it right behind. Yes, uh, she force lightnings, blobble blobbles, and then. Oh yeah, blue bubble wobble did fall down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're starting to sound like Rick and Morty aliens at this point. Which, if you know what that means from Rick and Morty, really, really speaks to this movie. Speaks to the experience of watching this movie. So yeah, does that they escape. We're at the Mage's Council again in definitely not an opera house. And some middle-aged guy from Brooklyn demands that the Empress give up her scepter. And I just wanted her to whip out her bag of candy and beat the shit out of all of these guys, really. <laughs> yeah. And, okay, look, some bullshit goes out of this movie, and I lost track of it for the most part because I was just completely distracted by her four-pronged angler fish headdress. <laughs> just could not pay attention to the scene because I was like, why is that on her head? Don't the little pearls at the end of that just keep smacking your forehead? Doesn't that get annoying? Why would you choose to wear that to an important meeting with the Council of Mages? Well, anyways, I, something about her. She's not going to give up the scepter. And Jeremy Aaron's like, well, I guess that means war. Cool. Do you hear her words? Such pretty words. But I think that's the line. Yeah, but she's like, I don't like war, but 
I'm not going to relinquish my power except for to give everyone equality. And so that's now a rule? What do you mean? Everyone's free and equal now. That's a rule. That's how I'm ruling as empress. Yeah. And it is because I said so. Everyone's equal except me. Yes. Well, as we know from Animal Farm, some people are more equal than others. This is true. Four legs good, two legs better. (laughs) So back in the woods, Daisy Ridley, Marina, and Norda arrive at the Ewok tree village. Sorry, I mean the elven tree village. (laughs) My note was this Pandora tree looks diseased. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. Uh, So inside one of the trees, an older elf magics Ridley back to health and marina is super impressed by this and the elf dude explains that humans may use the force but elves are a part of the force including dragons sorry magic they're part of magic not yes magic is an energy shared by all living things that surrounds us and binds us that was mine (laughs) (laughs) yeah and your ability to wield it depends on metachlorians um yeah because i mean she's just super fucking impressed that he didn't even do a spell Yeah, he can just, like, do it all natural. He's just raw-dogging magic. So, anyways, Ridley's Believe It or Not says he had a dream. (laughs) (laughs) And the elf dude is like, oh, yeah, you had a dream about a dragon being born. I just kind of, like, lightly read your mind, apparently, while touching you to magic you back to hell. I feel like they ran out of budget for Ridley's dragon dream. They definitely, yeah, he's talking about how awesome it was. He watched a dragon being born. I'm like, you did not have the budget to fucking show us that, did you? (laughs) The movie is like, guess how cool the CGI is that didn't end up in the final cut of this movie. (laughs) They took Blair Witch notes and it's just so much more awesome when you let your mind do it for you. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, tell, don't show. They don't even really tell anything. They barely tell anything. (laughs) And so, again, we get some more rules of magic that won't mean a goddamn thing. It does at least try to establish some stakes. So when a dragon's born, like there's more magic in the world and that's more life. And so if enough dragons die, we're fucked. Is that, I I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad John got that because I was going to just totally butcher that because I just did not give a shit. (laughs) But he tells them that the the rod they're looking for is unnatural, it's man-made, and it's going to, you know, bring imbalance to the force. So don't <laughs> very much true <laughs> so later that night uh riddle me this looks out over the village and marina comes out to tell him that she's his sister and that she knew the whole time no i'm sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i keep forgetting this isn't star wars i keep forgetting this movie will not like i'm forgetting this movie isn't star wars and the director forgot this movie wasn't star wars discount to mining uh granger starts talking about how snails died for politics because he believed in something no he fucking didn't (laughs) no no he didn't he didn't give a rat's ass he consistently said how much he didn't care yeah she's trying to like make his death seem meaningful and he's like no man he died for the empire the empire sucks ass you are an imperial stormtrooper he died because he was the black sidekick that's why he died yeah he was questing while black that's why he I had no idea the Forgotten Realms was a sundown town. Okay. <laughs> hey, you're the one who dropped questing while black. <laughs> oh, and guys, goddamn the the overacting in this scene is fucking crazy. Like you just you can just hear the director in the background yelling, "Act harder!" 
<laughs> Harder. It was his first movie. That he shouldn't have directed it. He should have gone and made some shorts and practiced and then made a fucking feature. Anyways, yeah, there's just a lot of crying and Marina is like, oh, he died for a good cause. No, my friend didn't die. Yeah, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. And then she at some point straight up admits that she was a like racist against commoners and then till she saw Ridley do something impressive. I don't know. Maybe she was watching a different movie. <laughs> The way you fell to your knees and yelled, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, you just ran up to Majin Buu. You just didn't even care. <laughs> <laughs> but she's cool with commoners now, so friends? And he's like, yeah, but you're kind of hot, so let's be those friends that like make out in a tree and fuck. So they make out. However, that little tidy devil from, you know, Bluebles uh, sees them. Yeah, little Jabba Goblin. Yeah, little Jabba Goblin, and I would have paid good money because like he's watching them kiss. If this little devil just starts <laughs> just jerking off, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shit. I> <laughs> <laughs> this whole movie would have been worth it. Oh my god, it would have been worth it if this little demon thing started jerking <laughs> off. <laughs> demon imp thing is just. <laughs> Uh, but no, we don't get little demon guy masturbation. <laughs> we cut to everybody back in the woods, and then uh, Ridley gets uh, a lightsaber. No, sorry, a blue magic sword that's made out of the same material as the leprechaun's gold because it does a very fake shimmer. Oh, it's so shiny, it's so bad. Well, it's but it's obviously like that super shiny plastic sword that you get from parties. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. It's like oh, too shiny. I just every scene now I'm just picturing the imp showing up jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to spoil it, dear listener, but that's literally just the last half hour of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> just everywhere, just all over the place. So, anyways, yeah, these elves who don't speak English but like are not dressed like Norda at all. They look like they're from some feral fucking tribe. They look like the little like pixie dudes from Willow, essentially. And what the fuck are with these masks? I don't know. These dumb as shit paper mache masks that cover half your face and then like there's a jawbone? Sure. Why the fuck not? Um, and oh, by the way, I, since we're talking about the way elves are dressed, can we talk for a second about Norda's fucking chest plate? You mean the one-piece swimsuit? Yes! Like, it's molded <laughs> to, like, very clearly show off her tits, and then to show, like, a anatomically correct toned midriff with a belly button. Yeah. Yeah. That's her fucking armor. Yeah, I, was, I was just focusing on the fact that, that we got another be careful. You too, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Marina, the not-so-talented Mr. Ridley, and Norda, and fucking... Oh yeah, Ron Perlman's still here for Yeah, Ron Perlman, I don't think he says another word for the rest of the movie. Like, we've heard all his lines at this point. So they go to their horses to ride off, and then for whatever reason, we see the two elves just chatting to each other in Elvish for like 45 <laughs> yes! seconds. They're fucked up masks, and there's no subtitles or anything to let you know what they're saying. Nope. They just speak Elvish, and you're going to watch it. Look, Tommy Wiseau just thought it was really important to put in the movie, okay? <laughs> so they get to the cave where the the rod is, but only Ridley can go through the force field because he's the special. Why is he the special? Fuck you, audience. I mean, I just wanted there to be a reason like, oh, he's the one who has the ruby in his pocket. 
you know, or something. But it's just only he was meant to, or whatever the fuck it is Tracker Lady says. They, they forgot to have the diamond in the rough moment from Aladdin, basically. Yeah. They forgot that scene. Oh, god damn it. You, you kind of stepped a little bit on what I got coming I up. I am. Sorry. <laughs> The cave of wonders. Hey, yes, he goes down another slide and then opens and opens up the door into the cave of wonders. Yes. The only thing is, this isn't really a cave of wonders. This looks more like the Universal Studios Mummy Ride gift shop. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he falls down a fucking hole and he he slides, and this leads him to exactly where he needed to be. Yes, this dragon sculpture. And he puts the eye in it, and then it opens. How are you supposed to get out from a system like this? Fuck you, you're not supposed to ask these questions. Well, this is where he actually does walk into the Cave of Wonders gift shop. And so clearly, instead of a pit of porridge, his carpet will fly him out of there. Ah, uh, oh, got it, got it, got it. There's like a chain mail on a hang on like a clothes hanger. Like that's the first thing you see as they stand over. <laughs> yes, the set decoration is very cheap. So he comes in, he's, and this room is just full of treasure. And he starts to like put some in his pouch, and he actually gets a second thought. And he's like, "Sorry, snails." And he puts the gold back. And why? But for the memory of snails, who absolutely would have taken some of this shit, he would have taken as much as he fucking could. The cave of wonders said, "Touch nothing but the lamp." That was that was why. <laughs> well, yeah, I was expecting like the room trying to kill him because he touched something other than the MacGuffin. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't get how this helps Snails' memory? Well, no, it's not that he's like, this is supposed to show character growth. Like, oh, he's not just a thief. He has some honor among thieves. and like, Oh, so it's more of a, I realize that by doing this, I'm letting you down. Yes. Oh, well, fuck that. This movie thinks that it's growing the character. It's stupid. It did not set this up at all as like a thing that he needed to like grow. But can we please meet the worst MacGuffin god ever? <laughs> um... You mean the best? <laughs> Fucking skeleton who totally won't relinquish the MacGuffin unless you really tell him you want it? <laughs> yes. This is my favorite character in the movie, man. He's amazing. Yes, there's a skeleton in a mage outfit. With the fucking, he's got the rod of Scoville or whatever the fuck it is, and then Scoville. <laughs> and, you know, he he says, "Who dares disturb my slumber?" And <laughs> so, hey, bro, why do you want this fucking rod? And he's like, "To save Ismer, the land, the Empress, and whatever." And he's like, "I don't know, something about the suffering of fate." I don't know, man. I wasn't gonna fucking rewind. Yeah, like if you use this, you get cursed. What is the curse? What will it do to you? Fuck off. We're not going to tell you any of that. Yeah, you got to figure that shit out for yourself. <laughs> I wasn't going to rewind the movie to figure out what he actually said at this point, so I just kept going. No, he really doesn't say anything. Cool. There's just, you will live a terrible cursed life if you use this power. And Jimmy Olsen's like, eh, I, I gotta. And so the skeleton lets go of it. And I agree with the old elf. This is horrible and evil made by man because this is clearly a piece of plastic. <laughs> Easily. Like Rita Repulsa would be like, okay, that looks cheap. <laughs> oh, man. So the skeleton taps out. He's like, cool. Goes limp. 
And then Ridley sees a mural on the wall of a dude with the rod controlling red dragons and burning a town. And I, it is actually kind of a cool mural. It's a cool yeah. mural, but like this is where the budget went. But they had to paint the bad CGI. That's what made it so frustrating. <laughs> they accurately painted the bad previous dragons. <laughs> I know. I want this. I want this on my wall. <laughs> But what is this moment? Because he's looking at this and this epic music is swelling. And so it's sort of a three panel thing on the left. You've got a guy using the wand. And then like the middle is the absolute destruction that the dragons are causing. And then on the right panel, it's the dude with the wand, but it's more like he's corrupted and has become evil. Oh, And the moment that untalented Mr. Ridley gets this rod or scepter he like it becomes his precious like his face he's so in love with this thing just oh ah and i'm like that's going up his butt imp is just off camera whacking it mural. gonna be jerking off to it all right well now we're at the i guess war between the empress and Jeremy Irons and the council. Yeah, somehow it's come to war. There was discussion and she was like, well, I mean, he kind of made me say I'd, I'd do war, so I guess I have to do war now. Yeah. Yeah. He said no back season and we, he says no back season. <laughs> yeah, and then we locked pinkies, so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she's used her scepter to call on some uh, golden dragons to fight them. And then uh, just all the council and Jeremy Irons and like the two soldiers with a ballista are in one tower room for definitely for budget reasons. <laughs> and then, yeah, one of the dragons gets shot out of the sky with the ballista and then the Empress calls the golden dragons to her. Uh, I think she gets, she does get on the dragon, but they did not have Empress getting on the dragon budget. <laughs> they did not show it. She's suddenly riding one. But I guess Jeremy Irons' true grand plan is to just destroy the world because we see what Elf talked about. The one that gets shot out of the sky, like fucking impales on a, spire which for this movie it was pretty cool but as soon as that happens like the sky goes blood red like they're automatically in hell or maybe ron perlman dwarf showed up i'm not sure which but jeremy irons is fucking ecstatic when this happens he tried so hard he's such a pro so yeah all i can think of is he actually just wants to cause the apocalypse yeah well anyways uh answer my riddles three exits the cave and <laughs> And Blue Oyster Cult's there to greet him. Yes, Blue yeah. Oyster Cult's there to greet him. And his goons have all the others captive. And um, I Got the Blues tells Ridley that if he gives him the rod, he'll let his buddies go. And Riddles McKenzie does this. <laughs> and then Blue Oyster Cult was lying about this. So why didn't he lie about the snails thing? Uh, anyway. Yeah, but this is totally their Lando moment where we had a deal... And I am altering <laughs> the terms of the deal. Pray I do not alter them further. But here's the fucking crazy thing. Oh, yes. The one crazy thing. No, no. The next five things that happen are simultaneously crazy as fuck. Right, because Elf on a Shelf whips out two daggers and fucking stabs the two dudes next to her. Ron Perlman, he's surrounded by guards and he just fucking like just throws them off. And you don't even need that part where like they pile on and he strains and then stands up. He just like shrugs his shoulders and flings their asses. He just berserkers them off of him. 
grabs the guy's axe and starts wielding the axe. And my thought is, y'all could have done this at any moment. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then Elf on a Shelf like flips over some guys and kills the fuck out of them too. Like they just wipe out all of Damadar Dabadaye Dabadai's little <laughs> minion party. Yeah. And the imp's still masturbating. <laughs> the imp is still there masturbating. He's got the poor little guy probably needs a Gatorade at this point. <laughs> This episode is so fucking incomprehensible. (laughs) This movie is so fucking incomprehensible. That's just love the line. And the imp is still masturbating. (laughs) The imp is still masturbating. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyways, uh, blue chip stock opens up a portal and escapes with the rod. (laughs) But riddles manages to go through as well before it closes oh my god so yeah so blue blue raspberry comes through the portal (laughs) and gives jeremy irons the the rod and so jeremy irons like gets rid of blue guys he he cures his ibs yeah he cures his ibs Um, so not the worst guy in the world no he keeps his word he kept his word you didn't have to pray that he didn't alter it any further (laughs) and so he calls forth some red dragons who chase the empress around who's now riding around on a golden dragon. Uh, we never saw her mount one. <laughs> I know, seriously, it's so I feel. My note to this is, how can you make dragon dogfights seem boring? What do you mean? They dropkick each other out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> There's no biting or snapping. There's hardly any fireballs getting chucked. Hardly. They kick each other. And yeah, they crash into some random building. Um, so that's also where the budget for this fucking sequence went, was this. And there's that um, cliche moment. I think, you know, I think we're completing another bingo card where she's being chased by one and there's one flying at her. So all she has to do is move in a different direction <laughs> and they crash into each other. Uh, she failed her dragon driving test, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she aced it. It's not her fault that Jeremy Irons doesn't know cliche maneuvers. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Ridge Wallet, sponsor us, uh, <laughs> comes and uh, he gets behind, he gets behind the Blue Angels and uh, they, they they start having a lightsaber fight. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Damadar Damadai suddenly has a red glowy sword. Yeah, it's a red sword and a blue sword. Where have I seen this before? And whenever they strike each other, like lightning comes off out of them. Oh, God, yes. If the Duel of the Fates started playing. But they never fucking explain why the swords do this. Like, you could just say, like, hey, these are, you know, the swords of Argyle Bluebulls, and if you have a sword of Argyle Bluebull, they have the power of the blah. There, explained. But, like, nope, they just do this to fucking do this. The director was making Star Wars, and he needed his lightsaber fight. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Beautiful. So anyways, uh, you know, Ruffles Chips gets behind Blue Cheese dressing by jumping on a ledge and stabbing him in the back. Well, then he Johnny Rico's. He hops on the ledge and does a twisty somersault over <laughs> over um, blue balls. And that's what allows him to stab him in the back. And then it looks like he penetrates him some more. It's a very excited hug from the rear, shall we say, that he gives him. I mean, if we later learned that Ridley came in his pants while he did this, it would make sense. But yeah, he chucks him off the side of the tower. So, you know, 
Bloggle Bluebulls does the Emperor at the end of Return of the Jedi thing. And remember, he comes back for the sequel. <laughs> yep. He, well, hey, the, apparently the Emperor didn't fucking die despite getting chucked down the fucking Death Star right before it blew up. So why the fuck not? <gasps> so it pre-ripped off Star Wars. Wow. It ripped off Star Wars so hard that it bent space and time. <laughs> yeah. I love the idea that Disney ripped off this. <laughs> Trilogy for the new songs. <laughs> They're just like, how did D and D do it? <laughs> Yeah, they had all this fucking extended lore, and they're like, none of that. We're going to go to that shitty Jeremy Irons movie from 2000 <laughs> for our inspiration. <laughs> oh, the franchise killer. Oh. So anyways, now it's time for him and Jeremy Irons to tangle, but uh, Ridley sucks, and his sword doesn't do lightsaber stuff anymore because Jeremy Irons' staff that he manifested just negates that and then he just tosses it away so weird <laughs> and this is where he also gets the line not so talented mr ridley <sighs> yes which is a fantastic alternate title i chuckled i don't know why maybe it's just because the rest of the movie was so bad i, di- I did the meme from the wolf of wall street where i just sort of pointed and <laughs> <laughs> they said the thing had the talented mr ripley come out at this point Ripley was the year before, so oh, yeah. maybe it made its way into the script last minute. But yeah, so it looks like he's going to kill Ridley's, believe it or not. But his friends come out of nowhere to just be utterly fucking useless. Okay, I have to say I appreciate how that actually works as a sentence. He looks like he's going to kill Ridley. Believe it or not, his friends come out of nowhere. <laughs> the way Jeremy Irons swats discount Ron Perlman is just—it is. Oh it my is, god! It is like what the writer did when he was told to include the friends in the climax. <laughs> just, just, just get it's out just of the, the most way. Casual backhand. Just get out of the way. Yeah. We got a movie to end. We're running out of budget. God damn it, Dorf! But hey, Nick, at least you finally get your magic. He, like, freezes people in place, but not quite because they can still turn as he walks past him. Something like that, yeah. But he drops the rod and Riddles picks it up and he starts wielding the rod and he looks like he's about to be seduced by its power and become the guy from the mural. And Jeremy Irons does fucking nothing. He just watches. Well, Jeremy Irons doesn't seriously believe that Chronicles of Riddick has the power to wield the scepter. (laughs) I mean, he's just standing there cackling like, you think a lowly commoner thief like you has the, what is happening? We get that that's impossible cliche. We get the what have you done cliche. Because now all the terrible placeholder red dragons start trying to flee. And then... The gold dragons are still after him, so we're still going to end the fucking world by killing dragons, apparently? I don't, maybe. I I don't know, man. My head hurts right now. (laughs) But anyways, Riddles has that, I'll never be you, and goddamn, if your cards aren't full yet, he throws it to the ground and hits it with his sword to break the MacGuffin of power. Yes. So my question for you guys at this moment is, how in the motherfuck did the Empress get into the tower without (laughs) noticing? Because presumably she would have ridden a big-ass fucking dragon to get there? Um, she was slightly out of frame. (laughs) Uh, Stupid me forgetting the, you know, the amazing power of being slightly out of frame. (laughs) Uh, that's on me that's on me yeah, movie yeah it is 
Jeremy Irons starts doing magic at her, like summons a dragon demon thing that pins her to the ground. Is this not the same illusory dragon from the box? Chekhov's dragon box. Yeah, but he doesn't need a box to conjure this. And apparently it's just very heavy. Yeah, it just kind of like lightly keeps her on the ground. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's only, like, half of a dragon. The rest is just, like, a long spine, like, vertebrae. I thought maybe it was going to, like, wrap around her neck and choke her or start clawing or biting at her. But, no. It just kind of, like, holds her shoulders. It's like an annoying little sibling being like, give me a piggy. Yeah. And then, like, it's kind of snapping its jaws, like, back and forth on each side of her head. Not biting. Can't get mad. Not biting. Can't get mad. (laughs) Jesus Christ. However, she's able to overcome this minor inconvenience, pick up her scepter, (laughs) and call on one of her dragons to chow down on Jeremy Irons. Yeah, so I had Luke Hang's animality arrives to <laughs> Jeremy Irons. <laughs> is that a yes? Oh, is that a melody? Oh, that's good. So, anyways, yeah, they'll just kind of like look out at the city as the dragons fly away. Uh, so cool. So now everybody except the Empress is now in like a graveyard in the middle of the forest. I really thought there was just a mistake. (laughs) It's this grave forest, but you have Danny, the Empress, giving a speech to the peoples of how they're free and everyone's cheering. Yeah. And of course, off camera, she's, uh, she's got firing squads shooting the council. Well, naturally. Fuckers had it coming. Well, actually, uh, I don't know. I think that happened in between. You know, Chronicles of Riddick had enough time to get himself a really nice set of clothes. Oh, you mean he went out to do his, like, really half-assed... To Goths R Us, yeah. His his all-black thief outfit. Yeah, his his Michael Jackson rip-off outfit. Like, if Michael Jackson went to a funeral, this is what he would wear. And apparently he misses (laughs) Snails, even though Snails was terrible. And that the cheering is for Snails. Nobody knows who Snails is. Nobody ever met Snails. Nobody gives two fucks about Snails. But they will, because he built a little cairn and wrote Snails on the top rock. (laughs) 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 And the imp is still masturbating. Oh, yeah, of course it is. (laughs) Your tears turn him on. So he leaves the Eye of the Dragon. He's still got it. I guess he took it with him when he left. And he puts it on Snail's grave, but then it starts glowing and the word Snail's that's on the grave rock disappears. And so Riddle Me This picks it up and looks very confused at Elf on a Shelf, who tells him (laughs) that like he's still with you or something like that, or you're going to join your friend. And so they put all their hands in and I really just wanted them to be like go snails and we get a freeze frame ending well they do Zordon out of here I mean it's kind of fun <laughs> yeah yeah they pixie dust slash Zordon teleport out of there and that's the end of the motherfucking movie <laughs> sequel hook how is that a sequel hook? What just happened? I'm confused. I'm <laughs> no angry. I'm scared. Idea. I'm confused. I'm slightly aroused. And that worries me. <laughs> oh, God. Well, anyways, that was Dungeons and Dragons. And before we go, uh, as millennials, we know that every movie and TV show has a moral, even this steaming pile of shit. So, Jules, what did you learn today? That men need to get drunk before they go shopping. <laughs> And, John, what did you learn? 
I learned that you have to be really careful when Kablooey spills his nail polish because, God damn it, Imp, stop masturbating! (laughs) (laughs) Still doing it, and the movie's over. And I learned that I I really need Jules to start our next campaign ASAP, so this isn't the last thing involving D and D that I've experienced. I just if I were to get hit by a bus today, this is the last thing involving D and D I've ever done, and that would be fucking tragic. And also, before we go, we do need to tell you what we're doing next time. So, John, what do the folks at home have to look forward to? Please, for the love of God, give us something to look forward to. Unfortunately, I can't. Because the next thing we are diving into is a weird bit of sci-fi with reality hopping? Yeah, of course, I'm talking about Super Mario Brothers. Oh, boy. I'm going to be as drunk as John Leguizamo and Bob Hoskins were on that movie. Oh, you know that bit of trivia. Oh, yes, I do. And do you have a review of Super Mario Brothers? Oh, dear God, here we go again. Not exactly. I have a retelling of a reaction and it's my favorite thing that's ever been said about this movie this comes from dennis hopper okay i made a picture called super mario brothers and my six-year-old son at the time he said dad i think you're probably a pretty good actor but why did you play that terrible guy king koopa in super mario brothers And I said, well, I did that so you could have shoes. And he said, Dad, I don't need shoes that badly. (laughs) (laughs) You can't beat that review. That is a (laughs) six-year-old's reaction to the next movie we're going to talk about. Usually children are absolute idiots, but that one's a fucking genius and is going to be president. Yes. Uh... Well, that's our show. If you liked it, please subscribe. If you love it, please share it with all your friends. And whether you liked it or loved it, we'd appreciate it if you gave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can to help others find us. Also, be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Links to all of that are in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Millennial Rewind. And the imp is still masturbating. God damn it!